This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we're talking Tomb Raider. Hold on, I'm solving this Rubik's Cube right now. It's going to give us a clue. Open the tomb, Abe! Wait a minute, I forgot my introduction. We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, as always, this is... Abe, Hi! Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. We cover some various movie topics, jump into a mostly spoiler-free review, then jump back into other fun movie topics. This is episode 320, 320. 320. Pretty solid. That's a solid number. I like it. 320? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's like it's like the, uh, the, the uh, uh, business address of a cheese shop. It's like trying to do a 360 on a skateboard and not quite pulling it <laughs> off. <laughs> I'll go with that. Other people do in the NBA when they when they say like, "Oh, he did a 360 in games." Like, nah, more like a 320. Yeah, because that's, that's a great way to describe it. Because he spin you like do like a behind the back basket. That's not a 360. He didn't pull it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a full 360. This I'm all matters. We, this I'm is glad so, we cleared this up. Yeah, we got this. This is our sports podcast where we talk about how to do slam dunks. It's all right. Let's. What are we talking? We're talking uh, Tomb Raider this week. Tomb Raider. Oh, another sports movie. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, the film of the week that we're reviewing is Tomb Raider, but this is a this is a packed episode. This is like this is the uh, the game of the year edition of Out Now, Baron and Abe this week. We got we got a ton of stuff that to go over. Clever. I, thought, I don't know how long you've been holding on to that one, but that was pretty clever. I thought of it five minutes before we started recording. <laughs> but, um, but no, we ha- we're talking Tomb Raider and a lot of other things. So joining us today to talk Tomb Raider and more, we have from We Live Entertainment. He's got one continue left. It's Scott Menzel. Hello, everyone. And from Geeks of Doom, he's here for the bonus levels. It's Michael Lee. Hello, everyone. How are the two of you doing today? Fan freaking tastic. <laughs> I like that. Attitude. How are you? How are you doing today? <laughs> Fan freaking tastic as well. Doing, doing good. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, but it's uh, uh, it's good to have you guys back. Uh, I love, thank you. I love doing this show with you guys. For sure, oh, no. Always, thanks, always. It's been too long. Always a fun time. Yeah, Michael, it's been <laughs> it's been a minute long, since Michael. you've been on. Like I've been saying. Well, Michael, Michael's been trying to find this uh, this Japanese uh, empress of death, so he's been on a journey. Yeah, it's it's been rough. He's not as good reading the clock <laughs> hands There's on no maps. Reception. Yeah, island, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But no, for sure. No, it's, it's good to have you guys on. We're going to get into a ton of stuff here, um, including uh, later on. Um, Scott, you were at South by Southwest this past week, right? You know what? I was. Yeah. And <laughs> it was a very um, interesting festival. I look forward to talking about it. Sure. Well, we're going we're gonna to get to that a little later. We'll get into it. Uh, but yeah, but first, let's go over some uh, some show notes here. First up, let's see. iTunes reviews and ratings. Good to get those. Helps out the show. Helps other people find the show. If you want to log into iTunes, search for Out Now with Aaron and Abe. That's the easy part right there. The even easier part is being like, wow, I found it, and then going, I should give this show five stars, or whatever number you like. Five is pretty good, though. Um, I'm, and- I'm all imagining this in in song, just the way that they do the opening to Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And then after you give the five stars, or whatever you choose, but mainly five stars, you're like, you know what would be great? Maybe a little more taxing, but I should still do this. Speaking of taxing, got those done this week, guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but after after that, the whole five stars part, which I forgot, you know, uh, then you could be like, I could type up something that would describe why I like this show to help other people know why it's a good show to listen to. And then, this is very accurate. Yes, and then you press submit, and guess what? That pops us up on the iTunes charts. That gets us on there. That gets like a, some more cred. 
that gets us in the new and noteworthy section on iTunes. It's good stuff. It's good. It's good for everybody. Plus, you feel great because you're like, I just commented on that show, so it all works. We're out. definitely going to be beating those guys in the spiritual category on iTunes. That, that's right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's how you can do some iTunes reason ratings and help us. Thank out. you in advance. Yeah. Every now and then, it's good to get into the details on how this works, right? <laughs> well, you know. Some people like to know how the sausage is made. It, that's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? Uh, a new commentary track. Every month we do a commentary track. Abe, at this point when I look at some of my movies, I'm like, did we do a commentary for that? Because we've done so many. We have done a lot. I mean, we've been averaging one a month for the past uh, like three two years. years. Yeah, <laughs> like a long time at this point. So, you know, we watch a lot of movies. Yeah. Well, I looked at like, I was looking at my stuff and I saw like Demolition Man. I was like, did we do a commentary for Demolition Man? He's like, no, but no, we, we easily could have. That easily yeah. sounds like something we could have done a commentary for. But regardless. That should, should be a, a double feature with uh, Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. Which we did That's do. Right. I know we did a commentary for Judge Dredd. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, what, speak, so commentary track, new one's coming. This month we're doing The Big Lebowski. That yes. is the plan. This uh, this week, in fact, we'll be recording that episode, so that should be a should be a fun one to do. And um, yeah, I think that's uh, that's it for the the show notes here. So let's uh, let's move on now, guys. Let's get uh, let's get to some know everybody. We we ask each other a question or two, try to set the tone for the podcast, and better get to know everybody. Was good. Wasn't bad. Was good. Hey, Wasn't you bad. Que- you have a question for us? <laughs> I do have a question for you guys. This is related to uh, a different. Uh... I guess theme altogether, but um, there was some con- <laughs> yeah, there was some controversy on, on where Hawkeye was on the on the poster for Marvels of the Avengers, um, unrelated to Tomb Raider, <laughs> but I was like, where do you guys think Ant Man is on the poster? He's in every part of the poster. What are you talking about? Like all over the place? You you, you don't see Ant Man on that poster? You just you just look at it. He's right there. That's he's- what I'm saying. <laughs> But I want to know which quadrant it's in. No, I, what I'm telling you is it's like a mosaic poster where er, you, if you really magnify it, every single frame of that poster is Ant-Man. They just made Are you it for into... real? No, that's ridiculous. But okay. still, it's... <laughs> he's on the pixel. Yeah, the... I was like, that's super clever if they if they did. That re- that would be clever, <laughs> but it, that's that's not true. I made that up. But still, yeah, but, cons- but considering the laziness of the poster, which is basically just. Thor Ragnarok combined with Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Well, I, I certainly noticed that when I saw the, the Robert Downey Jr. hands. I'm like, oh, they went for that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was wondering why he was doing that. It's like, has he ever done something like that before? Lazy, so. lazy. Wait, wait for that to happen in the movie and prove Scott wrong. It's like, oh, it's a key scene where Robert Downey Jr. extends <laughs> his arms. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't. To answer your actual question, I have no idea where Hawkeye is. I, I'm not sure. He's oh not yeah, just... well, that that was that's not the actual. The, the actual question is where is Ant Man on the poster? Oh, well, like I said, you uh, can. He's, he's, behind he's behind ScarJo. He's behind ScarJo. Okay, gotcha. It's Ant Man. This seems like the least essential question. He could be any part of that poster. That's that's why it's an interesting question. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> One man's interesting is another man's next question. Um, I have a question yep. for you guys. Um, if so. If you have like a job, and it was Tomb Raider, would you be happy to own that title? Would you be like, "Hey, what do you do?" And I'm like, "I'm a Tomb Raider." Would that like make you proud to say that out loud? I mean, is it the way that is it the way that the movie goes? Like, are you solving puzzles and and finding treasure, or are you just like you know ruining dead people's up lives? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yes, I understandably the job entails 
you know, exploring a series of exotic locations, going into different tombs, going through traps and, you know, finding treasure. Sure. But if you tell somebody that you're a tomb raider, I mean, it, things didn't work out for Frankenstein by doing that. So, I mean, I don't, I don't exactly know what the, the, the title really me, amounts to. It, I, I think it, I think it'd be a great for a, a cocktail party, but you know, if you're at a, like a professional gathering, it's like, I don't know if you want to say I'm a tomb raider. What's the separation between a cocktail party and a professional gathering? Well, you see, one is where you're trying to uh, impress some people like Steven Spielberg, and you're like, oh, I'm a Tomb Raider. And then the other one is where you're, like, trying to not impress uh, Peter Dinklage. No, Peter, that's, a, that's a terrible example. <laughs> like, well, probably, what? You're, you're probably, where are we going with this? Yeah. <laughs> what? You're not trying to impress uh, 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 some other Hollywood. Darren Aronofsky. So you're like, oh, I'm not a Tomb Raider. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> So you think it'd be you think it'd be okay to say Tomb Raider in certain certain circles? Yeah, that's what I'm. That's that's what it amounts to. So what would you say to your those other people then? What is your profession? Oh, you know, I, I I'm a treasure hunter. See, that seems okay. like an easy easy way to go. <laughs> I'm a treasure. I just always wonder, like, the, you know, they call a game Tomb Raiders. Like, what is what is that supposed to like? Why would you say you're a Tomb Raider? Like, yeah. It, it, she's raiding those tombs. I guess the raider, because like it calls the raiders of the lost ark. I guess would be the kind of logic that was assigned. But like treasure, I mean treasure hunter is just too generic. I guess for a game title, so tomb raider. Right, yeah. Well, that, that's all I. How have. do you guys feel about this? Uh, this is a really weird segment. <laughs> <laughs> um, I you know I don't know why they came up with the title for that. It's weird. I agree with you. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's that's mainly yeah. the, the gist of my question because I was yeah, like, where did this yeah. title come from? As far as I like, ju- a, I don't a, know. An accepted like fun way of saying I, you know, rob graves. <laughs> it must have tested well with you know the group, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. or yeah. or the people who are working on the game were just like, hey, let, let's code name it Tomb Raider, and then they just never changed. That's it. likely that that's the best possible answer. Like, <laughs> I I guarantee that that's probably how it went down. <laughs> it is like did not come up with something better. It just kind of stuck. All right, well that's uh, that's. Let's, <laughs> let's 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 move on because we have our poll question. We've been doing uh, we've been doing polls on the on the Out Now podcast Facebook page, facebook.com slash Out Now podcast for the past several weeks. Here, it's been a lot of fun to do, and we have we have a new we have a new question here. It's related to video game movies, um, and to reiterate for you guys because uh, you can help us out here, Michael and Scott, of course. Um, when you, so the, the idea is we put two movies against each other in a sort of death match, and choosing one means that you save it, but. By choosing that one, the other one that you didn't choose gets destroyed from existence. And what I say destroyed is it not only does the movie not exist, but like the careers of people change in the process. Pop culture is different. Like it actually has a it has an effect effect on history. You're you're creating huh. a new timeline for the world because you've eliminated one movie. So <laughs> with all that, I think it sounds so <laughs> dire. Out of pressure, I know. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But here we go. The que- the question here is, uh, or the, the the movies against each other were Resident Evil, the first film, versus Lara Croft, Tomb Raider, the first Tomb Raider film. And the um, so let's go with you guys for what would you choose between those two? Oh man, um, they're they're both terrible movies. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to hold anything back. They really are. They really are terrible. You're not wrong. Um, <laughs> um, but then we got to look at. You're saying we got to look at the future of where these people's careers would be. Um, So I guess in Resident Evil, we have Michelle Rodriguez, who would have went on to do all the Fast and the Furious movies, and then Angelina Jolie, 
who would go on to direct a bunch of movies no one cares about. And, uh, well, she actually did some good action movies, too. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say Tomb Raider just because of the fact that I feel like Angelina Jolie's a much stronger actress and a better voice. Well thought out. Mike, do you have a, you have a choice between the two? Well, given what Scott said, you know, I would be interested in seeing what the success of Resident Evil would look like if Tomb Raider didn't exist, like on the career-wise or other everyone else. Mm-hmm. Well, see, that, and that's, that's, that's why it's fun to kind of think out these answers. Friend of the show, past and future guest Luke Thompson has an answer here. He, he thought it out as well. Um, he, he wrote, nothing changes for Jolie if she makes, never makes Tomb Raider. She was fine before. Much changes for Mila Jovovich. Like, she would probably never marry Paul W.S. Anderson. Maybe she'd done movies of other better filmmakers. Maybe married them too, just like she married Lucasan <laughs> first. Uh, maybe she'd have no movie career and might have gone back to music, which she was very good at. So I'm torn. Taking out Tomb Raider almost does nothing. It would have been adapted by another at another time anyway, and the actors will be fine. Nobody cares about Simon West, the director. But taking out Resident Evil might have given us a better Mila Jovovich and eventually a better Resident Evil series. Touche, touche. So and so that was my kind of angle towards it. Yeah. So, in in relation to who, you know, what, how the polls went, as far as our, you know, the listeners that voted in this, another strong poll, much like last week, which surprised me a bit as far as the amount of entries. Um, but people like having opinions of video game movies, uh, and the uh, Resident Evil won out here, seventy three percent to twenty three percent. So people yeah. prefer the Resident it's, it's Evil. It's landslide. Series. It yeah. was a landslide, and I kind of expected this mainly because there are you know six Resident Evil movies, or what seven, six, six. Seven. Resident... I think that, I thought there were seven. Afterlife is four. I'm just, glad that you actually know the full titles of them. I know the first four, and then I get fuzzy because I didn't see the other ones. Because I'm like, why do I keep doing this? Um, so, <laughs> no, I think there's there's six. There's six of them because okay. the six is the final chapter. Yes, <laughs> it's there so are funny six. To I, say. Just, I, I can't confirm there are six. Um, so yeah, Resident Evil one. Yeah, because that series is clearly more popular. I mean, one kept going while the other like faded away, and right. now we have, we're talking about the reboot on this episode. So there you go. Uh, but yeah, so that that was the result of that poll. But no, it's fun to do the polls. <laughs> Um, great to get people, you know, jumping in. This is the one of the easiest things you can do on our Facebook page. You just click a you click a poster and you're you done. Click a photo. So, yeah, it's that simple. Um, but yeah, we'll keep doing them. Um, all right, so that's how you play. No, everybody. All right, let's move on now. Let's. Um, well, actually, no. Before we get to this, I guess I'll announce it. Let's get to some adult cookies. TM. I was drinking some uh, water. <laughs> So sorry for the uh, the half second delay. It's it's all right. Maybe we'll I'll leave it in. I'm not gonna yes. edit it out. <laughs> it, it, it would sound weird. <laughs> it would. Yeah. No. But anyway, each week now, Aaron, we talk about one week of the week, the week of the week, the week of the week. That was great. I, I yeah, heard everything. It was pretty good. I was happy with it. <laughs> Um, all right. Before we get to our standard set of quickies of what movies that we've talked, we've seen recently, let's get to let's get to Scott Menzel and what he saw at South by Southwest because I know you saw a number of both notable movies and I, probably some little ones that I don't even know about yet. Yes, absolutely. So I just want to start this off by saying I think a lot of people did not go to South by Southwest this year because of the fact that the lineup, even for mainstream releases, wasn't that big. I don't think it really had much of a draw this year. Mm-hmm. And um, I noticed that like people were begging me left and right to go see every movie in, on the planet that was playing there. Um, and obviously I couldn't do that. But with that being said, I want to first give a shout out to Sundance because I feel like all the best movies at Sundance played at South by. Hmm. Um, 
And with that being said, the great ones that played there was the Mr. Rogers documentary, Won't You Be My Neighbor? Oh, yeah. Uh, as well as uh, Bo Burnham's uh, Eighth Grade, Hereditary, right. Hereditary, Sorry to Bother You, Hearts Beat Loud, Whirler. All movies that played at Sundance and then went on to South by, and they're all terrific. Yeah, a friend of the show, uh, Brad Oman, talked to us about Sundance, and yeah, he mentioned, I think, all of those movies he just put out there. So, yeah, it's <laughs> good to know that they're still getting play and that they're, uh, you know, you know, winning over still audiences. performing well, yeah. So the big ones kind of out of South by this year for the studios were um, A Quiet Place, Blockers, and Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. And I would say... Out of all three of those, the strongest one was surprisingly A Quiet Place. This is the upcoming John Krasinski, Emily Blunt horror film. Yeah. Correct. And Directed by John Krasinski. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly. Jack surprisingly. Ryan himself. Yeah. <laughs> That's the role he's known for. Amazon Prime. <laughs> That's right. He's not known for anyone from The Office. No. Nope. Not at all. Not at all. Those, those guys office. are British, Scott. <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> Um, but this movie was, I think, one that everyone was kind of on the fence about, and especially since there was rumors that it was going to be another Cloverfield movie. And when I went into it, I didn't really know what to expect from it because I avoided like all trailers and I just read the plot description. Mm. And I was surprised at how awesome it was. And it is by far the best film that john has ever directed not saying that the other two that he directed were that great in the first place but this is a movie that turns the horror genre on its on its head it's 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 all in silence for most of the movie i mean you see it in the marketing right now everyone's like be quiet turn the sounds off and it's so intense and riveting and just unique it's a great monster movie i highly recommend it good to know um, the second one is Ready Player One, which obviously comes out in about two weeks from from now. Mm-hmm. Um, Steven Spielberg's big epic movie based on you know Ernest Cline's novel, uh, all about pop culture, mainly the eighties. Um, it's a big budget physical uh, visual spectacle. Um, I mean, you really, it's like Valerian on acid in terms of <laughs> the visuals i mean really it's just like whoa i don't know how the hell they did it and it's um i think it's a little long i will say that i think it runs about two hours and 20 minutes it could have used maybe a 10 to 15 minute trim but overall i was engaged and there are so many references in this movie you're gonna have to go back and see it again and again and again oh nice uh, and then lastly for the big studio movies was Blockers, which I did not care for. Uh, I know a lot of people did like it. The crowd went nuts for it. But essentially every big gross-out comedy that's at South By, the reaction is crazy. People love it. Um, I just feel like it was more of the same. The only difference with this one was there's a fem- female director but ultimately, it's still five male writers writing the material, so therefore you have a lot of the same stuff that you've seen in all these other sex comedies throughout the last couple of years. Mm. This one with what John Cena, Leslie Mann, and Ike Barinholtz? Is that the one? Correct. Yeah, that's Correct. the one. Correct. And it's really weird because the movie itself, like, you would think it would be more about 
the kids, the teenagers, the three, th- the three daughters in the movie. But essentially, it's more about the parents. And I feel like that also hurts the movie because the three kids are so much more interesting than the parents because the parents are just acting like little kids trying to figure out how to stop their kids from doing, you know, losing their V card. <laughs> so I don't, I don't recommend that one all that much, but I mean, I know a lot of people are going to like it. So my taste in humor is much different than most people. So, and then in terms of the smaller ones that I saw, just a quick shout out to three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to mention, these are besides the one I mentioned at South by, I mean, at Sundance, the ones that I saw at Sundance, you should see all those highly recommended. The ones that I would recommend that were exclusive to here would be Summer 03, which stars Joey King. It's a really good coming-of-age film, kind of like – it's it's honestly like a mix between Lady Bird and Blockers. Uh, oh. I, I, and it's very smart, and it's not, it's not dependent on gross-out humor. I really do recommend that. Family starring Taylor Schilling, the lady from Orange is the New Black, the main main girl in that. Um, this is a really funny, odd movie about a little girl who she has to babysit. Taylor, Taylor Schilling has to babysit her. And um, she's a real weirdo. And she meets another weirdo at a gas station, and she gets this idea that she wants to become a juggalo. And for people who don't know what that is, it is um, fans of Insane Clown Posse. And um, it's just – it goes. It keeps going. It keeps going. It's so weird, and you just can't help but be fixated on the characters, and you you – get a connection to them you you feel engaged and committed to them and in the end they explore something that i had no idea what it was before seeing this movie with the juggalo community uh i highly recommend it and then the last one that i would really recommend is a vigilante with olivia wilde and basically what this film is is uh olivia wilde is a survivor of domestic abuse And she goes and stands up for other females who are also victims of domestic abuse. The movie is very powerful. It's very depressing, but it also kind of showcases what domestic abuse is all about and really shows the realistic nature of it. Mm. And I will give the filmmaker a lot of credit because she actually incorporates real female survivors of domestic abuse into the movie. There's a, um, I, I I don't know what it's called, but like kind of the the scene where they everyone talks, you know, they go into a room and they sit around in a in a circle, intervention kind of thing, and they all share their stories. And um, everyone in that scene, besides Olivia Wilde, is actually a survivor of domestic abuse, which therefore makes the scene so much more powerful. Hmm. And those are exclusive to South by Southwest. Yeah, those are ones that premiered only at South by. Okay, it's always neat to. I was looking back. I wrote this uh, for Wheel of Entertainment. I wrote a whole list of uh, movies, big and small, that premiere had their global premieres at, at uh, South by Southwest. And there's certainly a long list of movies in general, but there's a lot of notable ones that are, you know, ones that come from major studios, something like Baby Driver last year, and other things that are quite small, like uh, Attack the Block, for example, which yeah, is, yeah. Uh, which I'm a huge fan of, but also you know it's a really small movie. And so you look back in time, and you know, just like you know this year, you got a number of movies that will probably have you know made some kind of stamp and be you know remembered in years to come. Um, so it, it is neat to get a chance to, you know, be part of like those, 
you know, those good, those, um, you know, be like patient zero, uh, at, a, at South by Southwest for a lot of these movies that might go on to become like either, you know, have like a cult favorite regard or become award winners or what have you. Well, you know, what's interesting about film festivals in general is that you start the year off with Sundance, which is entirely uh-huh. a festival built on discoveries. No one knows 90% of the movies that play at Sundance, no one has ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And you kind of go into everything blind. You know, you have the plot description, you have who's in the movie, and you have the director. But you don't have trailers, you don't have TV spots, mm-hmm. you don't have reviews, you have nothing about it. And then you go to South By, and South By is like kind of this interesting festival where, you know, you have the studios get more involved. And there's always like, like usually somewhere between three to six major premieres. Um, from studios and this year there was actually only like i think there's four because isle isle of dogs also premiered yesterday but i wasn't there for that obviously those have the studio premieres but then they also have the rollover films from like toronto from telluride and from sundance yeah ones that are still touring the festival circuit essentially yeah and i think it's really i mean it's a great festival for someone who has not been to like those other festivals that are a lot more expensive festivals um south by is a great middle ground because you get a nice mix of studio stuff and also great mix of indie stuff so i do highly recommend going to that festival and that's just like the film aspect there's still like 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 three more or like two more weeks or so with like the music and the technology aspects and everything there's um it starts off actually a week before south South by officially kicks off with an education program now that they started. And then it goes into film and interactive run simultaneously. Mm -hmm. And then you go to music kind of overlaps with film in the second half. The festival actually ends, I think today. Okay. It is a longer festival though. That's that's yeah, because it has the different, the different, the three different aspects and everything else that's going into it. Right. And I mean, it's and, and not to mention it also has comedy now. Like they're incorporating comedy into the mix. There's also television. That yeah, there's a lot of um, yeah. Television's been there. I know a lot of um, like comedians and whatnot that have like podcasts and what they record like live shows and everything. At South by yeah, Doug Benson did his. Yeah, he does it every year. He's like a staple know, of that uh, festival. I'm a big Comedy Bang Bang fan. I know Scott Ackerman makes his way over there as well. Like yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of talent that goes there from all over all all realms of entertainment, I guess. But uh, no, cool. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for the yeah. For the, thanks for know, that recap. Yeah, no problem for sure. Let's uh, let's let's get some actual out now quickies now. Let's start with Michael. Yeah. Uh, Michael, what what movies have you seen recently? Uh, aside from Tomb Raider, I saw the new Benji movie, which is like a complete Whoa. step down from from what Scott's been talking about just right now. So I want to hear about Benji. This is the Me Netflix too. original remake of Benji. <laughs> that poster correct? looks that poster looks so cute. It was adorable. If you can get past all the, you know, the whole human minutia, like the kidnapping story and aspects of that, and it, it's it's yeah, it's basically like um, just a reboot of the original one, from what I've read. Because I, I only I watched Benji the Hunted first mm-hmm. before I watched um, you know any other Benji movies, so I'm not very familiar with the. The very first one, but I recall it. I believe it is on net, like they're all on Netflix. I think actually, so it's like if you, if you get your so, Benji fix if you really want to. Yeah, I need to watch. I need to binge watch Benji. See, so binge um, Benji. Yeah, there you go. But um, it, it's a it's a fun movie. It's it gets kind of dark for for a kids thing um, because 
they they really dive into uh the way they kidnap the kids is like oh let's you know, tie them up and you know put hoods um put like a black hood over their heads sort of thing so it's like wow this is pretty dark that sounds it. way darker than it probably <laughs> actually looks in the movie <laughs> i was thinking that they kidnapped benji and then you mentioned kids and i was like what no they kidnap kids it's like oh wow they really take like a dark turn for this thing and um they start like insulting the kids the, they, they they make fun of the kid's father like he's a runaway and and it's just like wow it's like they, they really they really go there insulting the father of the kid the child and everything like that so it's like that's that's pretty grim for a, a kid's movie but it, it it all lightens up by the end and you know everyone there are all these dog moments that make you go on and all that stuff so it's 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 fun I, I i would recommend at least watching it once all right well that's benji which is now on netflix here Hey, what have you seen? I watched Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets because it's on Amazon Prime streaming. And I also started The African Queen because I was in the mood for some classics. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, I did not finish it because I fell asleep. Very similar. <laughs> <laughs> not because I was bored, because it was late. So I, I, I'll have to finish up and and uh, see how, uh, how they used the boat to help all those folks out. Well, well, it is a good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and, and you know, uh, I have a, I have a very uh, high like of uh, Humphrey Bogart, and it's kind of cool to see him uh, in non-black and white features. Yeah, that is, it's not something I tend to think about as far as like when I see him in color versus black and white. But yeah, that's one of the, I mean, he won his Oscar in that movie, which is like, all right. He's he's the most interesting part so far. There's there's better bogey movies, but it's still a good one. Oh, for sure. And it's like, it's like, oh, they gave him the Oscar for that. Okay. (laughs) I will never not watch uh, Casablanca if it's on. All right. Uh, Scott, have you seen anything else um, that's not Tomb Raider or anything that's out by Southwest? I did see um, both Flower and Love, Simon, both of which I recommend. And surprisingly, both are coming-of-age movies, but very different. Um, Mm. Flower stars Zoe Deutsch in the lead role. It's directed by Max Winkler, uh, who, as we know, is Henry Winkler's son. And the film is about a girl who uses her sexuality to stop pedophiles it's very interesting and very different and very weird uh i I can i can see this movie kind of either working for people or people absolutely hating it but i really enjoyed it and i think uh zoe zoe deutsch is such a star and i'm surprised she hasn't been in more movies and the studios haven't given her more love yet and then love simon is just a feel-good coming-of-age, coming-out movie where everyone in the cast just works from the smallest, like the drama teacher, to the, the lead character. And I really enjoyed this movie. I didn't know how I was going to feel about it based on the trailer. It looked very like, oh, here, middle, here, middle America, here's a movie about coming-out students. And instead, it really became this charming, heartfelt, funny. I think it's probably one of the funniest coming-of-age movies to come out of the mainstream studio in quite some time. Mm. Highly recommend both. And it also has Tony Hale in it, who's amazing as always. Let's cool. see. Glad uh, to hear it. 
Yeah, Love Simon from here did uh, number five, which is notable because it's like the first um, like film with like a like a for a for a lead character with that like a lead character coming out story coming out from a major studio like that on a you know like a notable number of screens. Well, yeah, I wanted to bring this up actually, and I, this probably be the only avenue I could bring this up was when I posted about this, I said that I enjoyed it more than um, Call Me by Your Name, which. Granted, I understand that it's like one's a drama, one's a comedy, you know, but essentially the core of the movies are very similar. And someone commented on my status and said, um, you can't compare those two movies. And I'm like, I don't understand why you can't, because they're both coming of age movies. They both deal with coming out and, you know, sexual exploration. Um, What do you guys feel about that? I mean, I don't, I don't think there's a reason why not to compare. Yeah. You know, yeah. Especially like, something you know, they're, that's, they're so, that's so similar. similar. I mean, there's movies you yeah. can compare that are not sim- that are not seemingly similar whatsoever. Like saying like Black Panther and Wrinkle of Time. Those aren't really similar in any way, but you can still compare them. I mean, but, this, right. I, but if they address the same social issues, I think you could you should be able to compare the two. I think that com- I, that comes down to more, I think, snobbery over what's coming out of award season versus what's just like a standard studio film. Yeah. So uh, there's tons of stuff to compare the two. And also, you know, it's who cares your opinion, you know? No, I was just, I was just wondering because this is, you know, I feel like, you know, we're all, we all watch a lot of movies here. We're all, you know, we're all critics, so to speak. And when you watch movies like call me by your name, it's funny because the only people who I heard talking about that movie was us critics. But with this movie where it has a broader appeal and more people going to see it and talk about it. And in a lot of ways, it's going to be much more influential to more and more coming out movies, more and more films that feature, you know, gay and lesbian characters. Um, I thought it was important to note that, that it, 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 that this movie is going to have the potential of opening that door even more because it's reaching a different audience. Mm-hmm. That's all. I, mean, I, was, I just figured I'd get your opinion. I, opinion. I, I think the addition that it's a Fox movie on 2000 screens versus Call Me By Your Name, which was Sony Classics and never came to that much more than a thousand screens, if I had to guess, mm-hmm. on like that, that plays a factor as well. Yeah, no, totally. But then everyone heard about the uh, the dancing scene at the discotheca at night, and everyone wanted to go see it. So you know that's the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> I got a couple films uh, that I've seen. Um, okay. Recently, one did is. You, did you rewatch Hurricane Heist? <laughs> no, did not rewatch Hurricane Heist, which is brilliant and should be seen. Um, but I will mention uh, Seven Days and Entebbe. Oh, okay. Um, the other new release. Yeah, the other new release this week, which debuted way down at number thirteen. That said, it was kind of, I guess, dumped. Um, and I seem to be one of the only people that liked it, based off its RT score. Uh, but this is the film that goes over the 1976 hijacking of a plane uh, headed to, uh, to Israel, uh, featuring many you know, Israelis on it. It was hijacked by two Palestinians and two Germans. The two Germans are played by Daniel Bruhl and Rosamund Pike, um, and they get kind of the lion's share of screen time. Which is an interesting way to take it. This is this movie, based off a true event, obviously has been made. This is the fourth time it's been kind of recapped in a film. Um, the first time was a TV movie in '76, the same year that it happened. The second two times were in 1977. One was in an Israeli film called Operation Thunderbolt, which is the name of the operation to save these hostages. So it's it's a story that's been told, um, although it's been you know it's been over 40 years since we've seen this story again, and I guess now is the time to do it. 
the film is fine. It's from uh, what's the director Joe, Jose Padilla, who directed he directed that terrible RoboCop remake, but before that he directed the Elite <laughs> Squad movies. Um, and it's a very stylish film. I get I, it gets a lot of credit for like how the direction works. Uh, to make it a a very watchable film as far as what it's doing. Because it's a very stripped-down story as far as how it's trying to tell it. I noted that it's using the German perspective as, like, a main one to kind of put the put your viewpoint behind. But you do see, like, the Israeli government working things out. Um, mm-hmm. You see some of the Palestinians' views on things, and you obviously get some of the hostages. And, it, I mean, it's... It's it's fun. like it's not doing too much to kind of make the story more than it needs to be. You also have Idi Amin in here, you know, the crazy Ugandan president. Play played by, play by Nanzo Alani. Okay. Um, you know that 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 role, notably played by Forrest Whitaker in an Oscar-winning performance. Oscar-winning, yeah. Yeah. In the last day of Scotland. Um, but no, the movie. Last, it's, last King of Scotland. Last King of Scotland. What did I say? Last days. Uh, yeah. Remember when Scotland went away? <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, it's like it's fun. Like I do think there's there's enough to recommend here. Um, I, it's not doing too much that other like hijacking films did, but it is you know based off a true story. And I do think there's an interesting elements where they incorporate. This will sound weird, but modern dance into the film. There's one character who's part of like one of the soldiers that's part of the operation to go and save the hostages, and his girlfriend is part of an Israeli dance troupe. And the way they use that, they cut to the, they cut to the scene of her and the the dancing that's involved with her and like the troupe that she's in, and they use that to kind of edit to the rhythm of certain things in the movie. And it's so it's weird. It's this weird tangential connection to what's happening, but it's very effective in making the film like engaging like it has a way of kind of the rhythm like the film starts moving when that aspect starts kicking in which i found it it was enough to be like huh that's that i haven't seen that before and i thought that was it was it was enough to kind of push it over the top as far as making it worth a recommendation okay. um, the other film i saw was unsane the oh, steven, steven, soderbergh. Sod- steven soderbergh film which hits theaters next week um it stars claire foy of the um the queen on netflix um, as a woman who has had an issue with a stalker and still kind of sees, like, she believes that she's gotten away from him, but still thinks she's seeing him everywhere. And so she goes to kind of get psychiatric help and unknowingly commits herself into an insane asylum. Um, you know, mm. one of those classic scenarios that you run into. Yeah, happens, um, happens all the time. Yeah. And uh, the movie is quite good. It's Steven Soderbergh, so I'm not surprised. I'm a big Soderbergh fan. Uh, notably, he's shot this all on iPhone, um, much like uh, Sean Baker's Tangerine. And mm-hmm. the movie looks very good. I think it does a good job of using that format to bring you into her mind more as you try to, as the movie tries to, you know, mess with you as far as if she really is having a kind of a breakdown or if there actually is something nefarious going on involving her stalker. Like, I think there's some good ways to play with that. Um and, you know, also you just kind of eventually forget that the iPhone's a factor at certain points because it just, the movie just just operating at all speeds. But no, right. it's, it's quite good. I'd recommend it for sure. Um, maybe not as strong as Logan Lucky from last year, which I really liked. Um, but still, you know, if Soderbergh's coming back to make more movies and he's going to make these like genre movies. Sure. Why not? Let's see more of them. He's doing a good job does, so far. Does he leave you hanging or does he does he explain what? Uh, the movie where... has resolution. Okay. <laughs> like, all right. Okay. <laughs> that, that, that's what I'm asking. Okay. Yes. Um, it's, it's not frustratingly obtuse. I'll say that. <laughs> um, but yeah. All right. That's uh, enough quickies. Yep. Let's move on now. Let's get to our trailer talk for one of the newest movie trailers of the week, what we thought of it, when it's coming out, what have you. And this week we're talking Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. 
Thank you. I was going to get you on that because earlier when you were asking what it was, I think you forgot the, the EL there. I, I don't care <laughs> <laughs> that I misspoke the How name. How dare you? That I, miss, that I misspoke the name because that said, I, what, I believe we were both fans of Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I freaking loved it. I, 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 I was surprised how much I liked that movie. Like yeah. I was not ex- like, um, you know me. I'm like I'm a casual Potter fan. I've seen all of them, and I might I like them more or less. But so I was like, all right, the spinoffs. What let's see what happens. And I was like, oh, this is actually much better than I was expecting. So <laughs> I'm inclined to like another one. I don't know what you need to do with five movies in this series, but here we are with a sequel that uh, now brings in the Grindelwald character played by uh, Johnny Depp now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also have um, Jude Law stepping in as young Dumbledore or Yumbledore. <laughs> Did we really just go there? Hashtag Yumbledore. <laughs> no, I think the one that's really taken off right now and the ladies coined it was Dumbledam. Oh. Well, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, we have the um, we have the first you know teaser trailer, essentially, for Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Uh, what did you guys think? Mike, what did you think of the, the trailer? Uh, following, you know, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, I have no clue what this is trying, what kind of story this is trying to tell me and, like, what direction it's going in. So uh, I was very underwhelmed by it. But I did like that little trailer moment where they did the whole magic one in, in synchronized thing they had at the end. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. That pretty That kind of hooked me in. So we'll see. I would want to watch another trailer with some like other aspects to it because I didn't really care for, you know, oh, Johnny Depp was the Grindelwald character or, you know, Newt is uh, Eddie Raymond's character was not a good follower of rules or whatever. So we'll see. I, I think I, I think one more trailer will do it for me. For sure. Yeah, this is just a teaser. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. And uh, actually, I have a question real quick for you guys that might be more familiar with Harry Potter lore than I am. Is Grindelwald that that is a character that we know of before these movies started, right? Is that? I think that he's mentioned, but uh, these are these are pre uh, Harry Potter, so yeah, I know. I know the story is like it's new as far as it's being written for the first time, but like the character of Grindelwald is that like in the lore of Harry Potter? Is that a, that's a thing? Again, he's mentioned, but it's not as though it's like, oh, well, this guy is super famous and we'll talk about him all the time kind of thing. Fair enough. Uh, Scott, what did you think of the the trailer? I was really surprised by how much I enjoyed it. Um, I was very, unlike you guys, I was very surprised that I enjoyed Fantastic Beasts um, because I just felt like, oh, is this really necessary? Do we really need another franchise? And... It had its problems, but then it kind of like left me and I was kind of hooked on it. And this trailer kind of gets the vibe of the Harry Potter franchise, I feel. And then it introduces some characters that we we know, you know, younger version. And then it builds up to this, you know, the reveal of Johnny Depp being in it. I, I think it works. I, I'm really looking forward to this. I'm excited. It, ha- it uses the use of music is really great. The visuals, it doesn't tell you too much about the plot, which me personally, I love. I love going into a movie and being surprised, and I would be happy not seeing another trailer. I would just see it off this one. Yeah, that's that's kind of like why, why I like talking teaser trailers a lot, because I know Abe doesn't necessarily like to watch 
the, the second more than trailers. more than uh more than the teaser in the first trailer yeah so it's like that's why like we're not going to talk about the avengers trailer for example this week because we were talking about <laughs> avengers before talking about it quite a bit yeah. and i have yeah. no and i have no idea if abe actually saw the new did you see the new trailer i did okay. and i'm glad that it <laughs> No, it doesn't, and I don't expect them to, because Marvel does pretty good at their trailers. But regardless, yeah. Abe, what'd you think of this trailer? I liked it. Uh, I like what you had mentioned. I, I didn't really know what to expect from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I ended up really enjoying it, and then found out that it was written directly by J.K. Rowling herself, uh, much like this one is written by J.K. Rowling as well. But like what Scott was saying, I think the visuals here look fantastic. They 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 look like they've really spent some good time making these air bubbles, making these worlds, making, there was like this part where there are some winged horses and I was like, these look great. So I'm glad that they're continuing to build on this world, um, much way that they, they took us to the U S in the first one and showed us the, the magical, um, uh, side of it. I guess. Yeah. The magical side of it. Uh, and also the ministry here in the, in the States. I'm glad that they continue to build on this world here. Um, the thing that was also really cool was just seeing there's a, a symbol uh, of three objects um, that shows up at the end when they're showing you the title of the movie. And it's like, oh, cool. I'm glad they are incorporating uh, how Grindelwald comes into play. Yeah, I can't you know disagree with a lot of what you guys are saying. It's Even with Mike, I mean, I think it's, it's fairly ambiguous as far as what's being set up exactly like what, especially because Grindelwald is notably not very much in the trailer, which I think has to do a little more with Johnny Depp than Grindelwald. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, you're getting a lot of like highlights of like, this person's back and this person's back and Jude Law's mm-hmm. here this time. But that's it. I like the Dan Fogler's back. Like that was another, I like that was, a, that, was yes. a huge, that was a huge part of what like, I liked about Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, especially since I haven't liked Dan Fogler in many things before I saw Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you didn't like him and take me home tonight he's like okay this guy suddenly he's like he's terrible that's why yeah, yeah <laughs> he's generally he's generally just annoying and it's like we've somehow we needed to like replace jack black even though we perfectly have we have a perfectly good jack black around so we need to put dan fogler in a bunch of things and i know he's notable on like broadway like that's his big thing right that was where he came from that he started like all these like ridiculous comedies that i don't care about and it's like oh he's actually really good in this and Hannibal, for that matter. He's in Hannibal for a couple episodes, but um, um, but no, like he's back, and like a lot of the characters that I enjoyed in that film seem to be returning. Um, also Ezra Miller, uh, who I think is, uh, I, I look forward to seeing more of what's going on with him because there was there was weird stuff involving him in the first one. But regardless, no, there's a lot of highlights here. That I'm like, okay, these are things that I did and enjoy about that first one. Let's see where this one goes. And so yeah, I'm I am looking forward to seeing what happens in this story. And like Abe, you said, the budget's on screen here. Like, I can tell. Like, the first one, that was another thing that I really enjoyed, that it looked like a really good movie as far as mm-hmm. they spent a lot of money to make this look like a really good movie. And so, yeah, that's what seems to be the case with this one. And so I hope that it kind of follows suit and continues to be an enjoyable adventure in this universe that I previously wasn't as concerned with about. So there you go. Um, cool. Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. That, that title's going to keep being funny to me. Um, <laughs> it arrives in theaters uh, November 16th, so the week before Thanksgiving. There you okay. go. All right. Let's, um, guys, let's do it. Let's get to the main review for Tomb Raider. I think I know where my dad went. That's right in the middle of the Devil's Sea. It'll be an adventure. Death is not an adventure. What are you doing here, Laura? 
I've been on this island. Your father, he put me here. Now I see the likeness. Intelligence. The recklessness. What do you know about my father? Alright, that should have been some of the trailer for Tomb Raider. 2001 gave audiences the first attempt at a video game adaptation for Tomb Raider starring Angelina Jolie. It sucked. Yet remains the highest <laughs> domestic grossing video game movie of all time. That's true. <laughs> the sequel was a step up but completely flopped, which grinded the franchise to a halt. At the same time, the Tomb Raider games were not the strongest until the 2013 re reboot revitalized the franchise and was met with serious acclaim. Now we have a rebooted cinematic attempt based on the reboot, which features Oscar winner Alicia Vikander in a role not unlike Jolie, who had also recently won her Oscar in the same category. Tomb Raider functions as an origin story for Laura Croft, who grows up without her father, but uses her wits and ability to go in search of what he was after. This leads her to an island where evil Walton Goggins is looking for an ancient tomb that will, of course, need raiding. Scott Menzel, <laughs> what were your thoughts on, uh, on Tomb Raider? Are we going to start with me on this one? <laughs> You'll be surprised by this because I actually liked it. And I think it's without question the best video game movie adaptation yet. I was surprised that I was a fan of this movie because like you guys were talking about, I don't really think there's ever been a good video game movie and I haven't liked any of them. And I grew up watching and playing video games and watching video game movie adaptations. They've all been terrible. And for the first time I came out of a movie, not saying that it was great, but saying that it was enjoyable. And I thought Alicia did a great job in this film. I felt like the opening where she, you know, that bicycle scene was really fun and engaging. And it looked like everyone was just having a blast. And I love scenes throughout the movie where I felt like I was part of a video game. The scene where she was on the plane on the waterfall. There was a scene at the end where she's running through the spiky things and has to like duck and run. I, I just thought it all worked. Is it a great movie? No. But in terms of a video game film, I think it's the best you can ask for so far. Not saying that's a hard, uh, high bar to jump over. And then in terms of action adventure movies, besides maybe Indiana Jones, which I don't feel is a great comparison because that's like the creme de la creme. You know, what other great movies are like this? Like where it has like an action adventure kind of storyline. I'll answer that question later. Michael, sure. <laughs> what were your thoughts on Tomb Raider? Well, yeah, just following what Scott said, it's just the, the narrative. It's just a little bit thin and I could have done, you know, without some of the subplots in it. But like he was saying, the, the whole action thing was was great. And um, I don't play a lot of video games, but I, I recognize some of its elements. And going back to what Scott said about the waterfall scene, I felt like there were moments where I had to, you know, like press the, the Y command or whatever. You know, there are all these button reaction commands that you have to press in order for her to survive sort of thing. And I thought that was a lot of fun. And, yeah, this is definitely uh, Alicia Vikander's most, like, physical uh, demanding role. She, I mean, she goes through the ringer in this thing, and it's it's quite fun. So, yeah. All right. So is that to say you're a fan? Yeah, I'm, I'm, okay. I, I I like the action scenes pretty much uh, as far as it goes, so I, I can sit through that. If I can say, it's a good starter film. 
I mean, it's that's that's again like it's the same origin kind of story, like building up to something. But in, as far as those are concerned, I feel like this is a good starting place. Is there things that should be improved on? Yes, but it's not as bad as I expected it to be from the trailer. And like, why the hell are they rebooting this damn thing again? Yeah. Has anyone played the uh, the actual game? The, the, the... I, I've played the first uh, 40 minutes of Tomb Raider. Okay. Yeah. I played it I'm a little bit here and there, but I mean, it was so long ago, I can't remember much about it. Okay. Yeah, I've played the, the game that this film is specifically based on. Um, the whole, the whole yeah, thing. The whole thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so with that said, uh, and let me note also, since we're getting into it, the box office Tomb Raider this weekend, number two at the box office behind Black Panther, which is fifth week in a row at number one. Um, <laughs> Tomb Raider made $23.5 million, so still not enough to to topple Black Panther, and it's an okay debut for a movie. It's not mm-hmm. a... Cost what ninety ninety million or something like that. So it's not like a, I think so. So it's not a. By the time it gets to its worldwide numbers, it'll probably be. Fine. Yeah, I was gonna say when, once. It, I'm pretty sure the international stuff will help it out a lot. It, you know, it'll be enough because these movies. I mean, this is a little more costly than the average video game movie, but still. Regardless, yeah. Abe, what do you think of the film? And, and they've also got an Asian uh, counterpart, so you know it's gonna do well in uh, in China. Yeah, the, the, the Daniel Wu <laughs> fans are coming out for this one. Uh... Even though he was, even though he was born in the U.S. Um, <laughs> Whatchamacallit? Uh, he, he was born into the Badlands. He was, is, that, is that what they call the U.S.? That's the show he stars in. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. He was born in Berkeley, by the way. Um, I know, I noticed that, actually. When I was looking, I was like, oh, hey, man. I was gonna say, oh, I was gonna speaking say that. of which, since we're talking about this, it already grossed in foreign over uh, $102 million. Nice. Okay, so it's it's made back its budget and marketing. Yes, already. It's at 126 worldwide. Um. But in terms of this movie itself, I, I again, I've played uh, the opening parts of the Tomb Raider that this movie is, or that this movie is based on. I like that it's aesthetically the kind of the same, um, and I like the video game aspects of the movie, which is to say, I, I noticed this in the trailer too. She wakes up from a, a boat, and the shelves fall over, so she can only go one pathway. Um, there's also some other elements, like you guys talked about the plane and whatever else, and. It stays true to that, uh, including her bow and arrow and also her her, her uh, ice pick uh, as weapons. Um, it's like a climbing, far, a climbing pick, like a, a climbing axe, picks, a climbing yeah. axe. It's not, yeah, she's yeah. not making drinks. It's not an ice pick. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it is, but uh, we'll see. Somebody, somebody, tell us in the comments. It's a climbing axe. That's what it is. That's too. Yes, yeah, but I. I I guess I, that I ice pick you, is small. It's for use for typing up ice and making drinks with. <laughs> Given where they are, I don't think they have a lot of use for an ice pick. <laughs> yeah, an ice axe, sure. <laughs> There's no ice. Stop saying ice. <laughs> an axe pick. <laughs> I don't know. A climbing pick. Whatever you. It's said. an axe. <laughs> yeah. Sure, that thing. Even though I like, I don't know. My, my brain's like, it's not a fucking axe. <laughs> it is. I'm sure. But with all that being said, though, um, there's uh, there's some good elements to this movie, and I wouldn't say that I was bored with it per se. I was curious where it was gonna go because it, when they get into the tomb part, I was like, oh well, there's some some neat things that you've seen in other exploration movies, including panels on the floor that will do certain things. I was like, I'm curious where this is going. Uh, but ultimately, what I what I felt about the movie was that it's it's just very like. It's not very. It's it's just dull. Um, and what I mean by that is is the, a lot of the the 
speaking sequences are full of of uh, just uh, what's the term exposition, and they, they take a long time to develop. They they actually hold on a lot of these things for for quite a bit of time. Um, we're talking like uh, even in the beginning when she's for no real reason bike racing and doing premium rush. Well, she needs um, the money. That's why she's doing it. He needs the money, but at the same time, it, she also cheats, which I don't think that anyone ever... I don't think that was cheating. That's not I cheating. There's no, no, there was no rule that said they could do it. Sure. just does not matter. Keep going. It doesn't matter, <laughs> yeah. But the exposition parts of the movie are really what hold it back. And, and I think that, uh, it, sure, it furthers the story and, and whatever else, but they, they just take a long time to develop. They, they take a long time to really tell you a whole bunch of... Uh, words that really only you need to hear about two sentences of. And uh, on the whole, though, the characters themselves, I don't even know why Daniel Wu's in this movie. Uh, he's He kind of serves really just one purpose as like a boat captain and nothing else. Um, he's not even in the end of the movie. Um, the other uh, actors in here, I think they're okay. I mean, I've seen people ham it up quite a bit in other movies before. So that's why I'm kind of disappointed in Walton Goggins and support for Warren. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's as much as he's a, he's a fantastic character actor. Um, and you've seen him in, in other roles. Sure. But in this one, I know that they're trying to play up uh, an aspect of his, his uh, family life, but that doesn't really come into play much later either. So uh, I, I think that there was a lot of just, interesting ideas that they put in here, but then they, they ultimately go flat because the movie feels a little long too. So on the whole, I wasn't bored by it, but it's, it's just not very, it's, it's kind of just like a, uh, just a non flashy kind of video game edit adaptation. Um, dad's movie corner. Oh, okay. He did not like this movie. He thought, okay. it was, he thought it was dull. Like you, he didn't think there was proper suspense. Um, taking place here and it just felt kind of by the numbers good for a matinee maybe but nothing all that special um i largely agree with him i see what you guys michael and scott what you guys are saying as far as there are elements here that give it the kind of you know for a video game movie yes i would say it's on the higher tier i still don't say it's a good movie (laughs) um i think my issues are the same things that Abe mentioned, it's very, it is dull and bland to me in the same way that I find the Resident Evil movies. The difference being that this one just has a bit more budget and has a little bit, you know, has better actors in it. That's, <clears throat> it's, it's a, t- it's a riff on a lot of other better movies. Um, none of which, none of this really feels all that inspired. You mentioned, Abe, the f- opening half hour. Well, that's what I count. I clocked it out, actually. I checked my watch oh, once wow. you got, I, got, I checked my watch once you got onto the boat, finally. Because the game, and it's not that these movies need to line up with the games that they're you know being adapted from, but the game starts on the boat, and you get everything you need to know from the boat. And this movie takes 30 minutes to explain everything leading up to the boat. I'm like, I mean, the game, which lasts like six hours or more, it didn't need all that, expo- that much exposition to get to where you need to get to start off where you are. But here this movie yeah. is saying, like, all right, this is all you need to know. Now, the weird thing is the film had so much more personality in those first 30 minutes than the rest of the movie. So I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm of two minds because I liked the first 30 minutes as far as, okay, I'm getting who these characters are and this is actually fun. Like, I think that bike chase you mentioned is, like, one of the best action scenes in the movie. Um, and that harbor chase is, this like, the other best action scene. I like those two action scenes the best before he gets <laughs> on the boat. So it's like, well, that's the good stuff here. And then once they get to the island, it's just... It's not exciting to me. I, I stopped kind of caring for everything that's going on. There's some there's some parts where the movie pauses to be good, 
Um, for instance, one of the key things about the Lorecroft Tomb Raider reboot is that it's her first time like killing somebody. And the movie has that moment, just like it has in the game, where she has to kill somebody, and it's brutal, and it's hard for her, and she like fo- she she focuses on the fact that she just killed somebody for the first time, and because you have Vicant, you know, an Oscar-winning actress on the role, it's like yeah, she does a good job of conveying that, and the movie actually takes its time to make that you know resonate, and mm-hmm. that's like. Not that I need the movie to be that dark and gritty for the next two hours, but it's like, that's a moment where I actually, like, okay, they try to do something here that actually fits. And there's other moments that try as well. Like, there are things about the action that make it unique to both a video game movie and to a movie like, an adventure movie like this. But I just, I wasn't feeling any kind of, like my, like my dad was saying, I wasn't feeling any kind of suspense through this movie. I wasn't really concerned with where things were going because it's such a paint-by-numbers origin story. Sure, a sequel could ideally go better for things, but this is a genre that I just, I can't amount, I can't muster the strength to be excited about anymore. (laughs) And so it's like, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, the next time it'll be great, because I'm like, why? Why do I keep caring about video game movies? Yeah, I was Um, like, one day you're going to be watching a movie and you're like, this is the best video game movie ever made. Well, it's like, Scott, you mentioned this, like, these movies, they're just, they're generally not good. Like, you look at the, I looked at the list of all these movies for various reasons, um, and it's like, yeah, not a, like, I continue to say that Mortal Kombat's, like, Mortal the Kombat. best one, because yeah. it's the only one that feels, like, simple enough to get what works down. Like, it's not a great movie by any means, but it's one where it's like, okay, they did. They ripped off Enter the Dragon, put in Mortal Kombat characters, and you're done. Like they didn't have yeah. to. They didn't over-explain anything. It's not. Nope. It's like 80 minutes at most. Like it's, there's nothing going on here that needs to complicate things. So yeah, by by that logic, sure, Tomb Raider's better than a lot of these movies. It is. Like it it has better things going on in it. But it's still just. It just felt so kind of standard to me. And yes, that that still sits high on the bar set by these movies. But it's not even like that's even, a weird thing to say. Well, even like but Warcraft, I which I didn't overall like. Warcraft had I like this, Warcraft more than you did. You did, but like I admired <sighs> that it was weird. That it really tried to go with the weirdness of things, like having these little magic stuff and ha- like all the human stuff sucked, but the orc stuff was like good. <laughs> like like the weird magic stuff. You didn't like that kid fumbling around in the library, ruining everything. He was in um he's in Seven Days in Entebbe, by the way. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's like I I didn't go in thinking. I, I had no expectation because like, I don't I don't anticipate these movies anymore and I came out thinking yeah okay that's one of the better ones sure but just eh, nothing <laughs> I mean I, I think a lot of the reason why the movie works you know even I think we can all kind of agree on this um, the main reason the movie works as well as it does and is probably the strongest aspect of the movie is without question Alicia I think she I mean oh, yeah, without with, without this movie without her being a part of this movie it, it, it doesn't even have anything at all, but she's just very believable in the role. And she like, she looks the part and she kind of has a nice balance of range where she's kind of lighthearted and comedic. And then there's some emotion and then she's a badass. I think it's really her movie. And I think she elevates the movie up higher than probably uh, most of these other films, you know, like that's what I think it is. I would, so I can, I can understand that logic. And I guess the only counter I have is, yeah, that's why you get someone to be this, like anyone, anyone they could have, anyone they cast in this role is probably going to be good in the role because the movie's built around it, needing to have a secure lead character. But it's kind of how I feel too, but I also see what Scott's saying, because I think that she is giving it a lot. 
Um, but there's just not a lot to be that's given to her. You know what I'm saying? It's not being like, phoned in. Just, I agree with that. Yeah, like it is. The, 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 the she doesn't just, have a good support system. Basically. Yeah, no, the, no. The, the writing that, just isn't very strong for for what she's doing, even though she's giving a good performance. And I think that she is probably the strongest, sure. Because again, I'm I'm disappointed in some of these side characters. But um, what 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 kind of just seemed overly overly uh, not even not even overly done but but mistakenly overlooked was just these character motivations i just was really bothered by a lot of what these people were doing like including her father dominic west who uh is given this tape and then you realize the reason why he treasure hunts is because he needs a way to cope with his wife's death so he lies to his daughter (laughs) and just and and doesn't doesn't is not involved in her life just to go do these like ridiculous things that he's not even trained for at and he just like all of a sudden disappears so these these character motivations are just strange to me so even Alicia McCanders um her the way that that things are explained to me in the movie about her character are kind of loose they're, they're playing fast and loose like okay cool so she's a kickboxer all right well she did archery one time when she was 14 and she then does, there's a uh, photo the, the archery her. thing they hold up a lot to make sure you, like they have pictures of her with they show her doing yeah. flashbacks of art like they make sure to set that up as like oh yeah right, she, right. she's an accomplished archer like they yeah. <laughs> which i think is is fine but the the fighting part i was like you know i, I kind of wish that there was more because she got her she got beat up in the first fight so it's like i kind of wish that there was more even though you you get the feeling that that she knows how to fight well it's the things so, there where it's like i get what this is doing it's setting up that yeah. like in this moment she wasn't enough but the movie's gonna you know it's an or it's a hero's journey so she's like it, okay she's gonna she's like gonna another, find it's like another week of watching a wrinkle in time she's gonna find that she's gonna find uh, the strength to do better in the time that it really counts i mean i, I right. get that <laughs> scott what are you saying yeah, sorry, Scott. I, you... I, no, I was just saying, oh, uh, I had wrinkle in time. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah man, same. <laughs> That's all. But no, I, I agree with you. But I think, I mean, when you compare her to Angelina Jolie in the same role, I mean, there is no question she's like a hundred times better because that whole role when Angelina Jolie was playing it was all about the TNA. Like, it's like, that's all it was. And this one, Elise, like, she's giving it her all. I mean, she really is. Like, and it was interesting because I talked to the writer of this movie, and Alicia actually had a lot of, like, feedback in terms of, like, how she wanted the character to kind of progress and, like, what she wanted to add to her character. She wanted to make sure that her character was well-rounded. And I completely agree. Like, Walter Goggins' character, he keeps saying he wants to get off the freaking island or wherever the hell he is. He's like, why doesn't he get off the island? What I like about Walton Goggins in this movie, who I agree with Abe, I mean, yeah, it's not his best by any means, but what I like is that his motivation seems to be getting out of the movie. Like, that's the meta read that I had on this thing. Like, every... (laughs) Interesting. His his sweaty desperation to leave the island was to be done with filming this movie. That seemed like... That's what what it seemed like he was tapping into to understand this role. (laughs) I agree. In my review, actually. Oh, good. <laughs> he, he wants to get out of this movie as much as the audience does. Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, if I, if there's any point to not necessarily defend the other Tomb Raider movies, but I would say what works to some degree about them is that Laura Croft is already Laura Croft in that movie. 
Like, there's no origin story that I need to, like, spend time with to, like, get to be like, okay, finally, she's the Tomb Raider that we all know. And to be fair, the reboot game is about the same exact thing, about making her become the Tomb Raider, not just, right. not, not like, start out as Tomb Raider and be good. So it's like, yeah, it has to tell the origin. It's just the origin is so generic. It just has every single beat that you know of this kind of movie already. And it's like, okay, yeah, we're starting out with this thing, but it's like, how many times have we seen this happen? And, That's true. And I, I get the, you know, there's a benefit to have from like, okay, this time it's with a female character. It's a popular female character, no less, but it, you know, it, it gives, it gives another audience a chance to see this type of movie that, you know, boys get to see a lot. So it's like, okay, that's fair, but these movies can be better. Like there's better ways to like, I can't, sure, just, I can't, sure. I mean, we said this last week, wrinkle in time. Well, it's good to have positive saying, messaging, but that doesn't only go so yeah. far if the movie's well, not that good to begin with. I, I mean, I want I agree with you guys real quick. I, I just have yes. to say like, that's my whole argument about everything in a nutshell right now. So like people are like, oh, Blockers is funny because it's a female director. It's like, but it's still male writers. Like it's a step in the right direction, but it's not fully there yet. Same what you're saying about this. Same what we, we can all say about Wrinkle in Time. Good messages and female like director behind, you know, behind the scenes is a step in the right direction. But we still want better. We deserve we deserve better. And the people who this movie is geared to deserve better too yeah and all those movies and I, <laughs> yeah. and I can i can understand enjoying this i think my problem is i mean beyond the fact that i just don't like the movie my problem with the audience accepting is like okay that's just it's giving a pass and it's like a, there, there's way like especially a movie like this like it's not hard to sure. riff on indiana jones like that seems like the most basic adventure movie you can do indiana jones is literally a riff on other pulp movies from the 30s i mean it's not. It's not hard to make something like this. Clearly. Wait, you're telling me that Hollywood just recycles ideas? I, I know, right? It's crazy. Wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so it's like it's. It's just you take these video game movies, and some of them I understand are more convoluted than others. Sure. I I wasn't excited for Assassin's Creed. I was like, how is that going to work? And sure enough, it's like terrible. But like uh, Tomb Raider, uh, it's this we, seems we've like we've talked about how to make Assassin's Creed a better movie this, on the, on this podcast. Yeah, this seems like such a like an easy thing to do. okay, take a person, make a story around them, they go to an island, whatever, find tombs and try. It's like okay, you've done, you've hit the checklist, but you've hit it in like the most generic way possible in every category. I, I was actually because uh, watching this movie i thought of two movies uh actually I, I thought of one and then you made me think of another one you know people have a blueprint they have batman begins they have a movie where it takes a character a long time to figure out how to become batman and he makes a lot of mistakes but i guess that they really want to speed up the process and just get to a franchise and then the movie that i thought of when you're talking was hey i don't need to see original origin or i've seen origin stories done all the time it's like is is spider-man homecoming he glosses over the fact that he was bitten by a spider. He's already Spider-Man. So. Yeah, but that's – I mean that's like – that's extreme because that sure. was like – they're making those movies like every like two or three years at this yeah, point now of that, like re rebooting it. And like we've seen that story so many times before. In all fairness, a lot of people don't know what Tomb Raider is outside of – hardcore video game nerds i don't really think a lot of people know what it is i would i would and, agree that it's not as popular as it nearly was in when you know when it first came out yeah 1999 97 well 96 yeah. when the game but i mean like when when they made a movie on it it yeah. was during a time oh, when they were making okay. a lot like, a lot the, more yeah. video game movies and the tomb raider character like that was at its peak like of this mm -hmm. part now the game has come back certainly they rebooted the game and the, it's like the best-selling tomb raider game of all time so i like to think that actually there was a there's an audience out there that wants to see a tomb raider movie it's just there could be a better one. Now, Abe, you mentioned movies you thought of. The thing I kept thinking of, the second they got to the tomb, 
weirdly was alien versus predator because it looks really? like the exact yeah, there's an underground pyramid that they explore and all the sets look exactly the same as alien wait, wait, versus did predator. you notice that there's like three hallways and two rooms yeah because that's what i noticed that emphasizes my issue though it's like all right we're not like we're not going for it we have the money we have the, the actors we have presumably the like i like the director roar what's his name roar um roar Uthold. Um, who he directed yeah. the wave, which is a disaster movie. I really dug. It's like, okay, it's all here. Like, but it's just like, it's like the bare minimum is being done to make it work. And it's like, I don't, I don't know why that is. They gave Warcraft, like what? $200 million to make their movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also want to say that there was, there was intrigue in the movie. Again, I, 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 I wouldn't say that I was bored by the movie. There was intrigue, especially with this character that, that the, the dad's been trying to find, and then when they get to the tombs, I was like, I this is pretty cool about what's happening here. You know, the the idea of Walton Goggins being this man of just like, OK, atmospheric pressure. He's just kind of more into science and logical reasoning than uh, than spooky stuff. But then they they kind of leave me hanging because I'm not exactly sure <laughs> what this queen was all about either, because um, the, the narrative changes on her. Uh, when they get yeah, to the they tomb, just, they try to trick you up with what's going on at the tomb. Yeah, stuff. yeah. But, but I was, I was curious. I was like, well, this is an interesting story, and I know that it's not the focus of the movie, but I'd like to know what this, you know, queen had, and that would be. It also is interesting why there's like a a, a lever and and gears in her back. So I don't know. You know what? You but, know what I liked. <laughs> Um, the fact that they started rolling. Well, no, the fact that they started, they were like, you know what? There's a lost island out there in this terrible area to do Mm -hmm. a boat in. We should take a boat. Why don't they just take a helicopter? Despite the fact that she's like a multi-billionaire. Why don't they just? Why don't you take a helicopter? That seems like I would save time. Because she does. She she's not going to have that that uh, dock sequence. Yeah, sure. One of your favorites. It's it's way cheaper to take a helicopter than it's a boat. They, uh, there's a lot of interesting questions here also, <laughs> regarding well, also her, Walton her Goggins is part of some kind of organization that can presumably afford all kinds of labor and industrial equipment why do they use slave labor from like random people <laughs> they get off Hong Kong like what is, what's... they're just waiting for the boat to crash <laughs> why, what, why a bunch of like randos that have never worked this hard in their life are like sentenced to like life imprisonment doing the bare minimum labor they can do they can just be like <laughs> just get some like tough guys that do this for a living <laughs> did, you, did you guys also wonder like uh, all the mercenaries that are there guarding the slave laborers they could eat they could probably have all of this area done in like a day compared to like the years it took for this, especially, like, especially given seven the, years, the, seven these years. old these seven old years, skeleton exactly. people to like lift yeah, like given lift the amount of dynamite that they also seemingly have on the on the on the island i know um, i'm nitpicking it's just like you know, you know what's funny about this is also uh, Alicia Vikander. She's she's saying to to uh, Daniel Wu, it's like, oh, you know, it's an island that nobody really knows about. I don't even know. We have to take a boat because I figured out the clock hands. Or actually, he figures out the clock hands, and then tells her about where it is. It's like, well, it seems like the secret organization already really already has the coordinates down pat because they can send a helicopter there. But the question I had was, did you guys think that there were more people on the island than the helicopter could fit? Yes. Same here. There seemed to be a lot of people in the slave labor thing compared to how many eventually maybe escape. <laughs> so. and, and, no, but I was thinking like I guess that they have to do multiple trips. <laughs> but it seems like everybody was on a giant helicopter. Anyway, I'm just nitpicking at this point. But uh, the, the um, I'll say the Junkie XL score not bad. 
<laughs> I did not even notice the score. I didn't even notice it was him, honestly. I know, yeah. I, I know. It's like, oh, okay. Like, there's, there's some moments here where it kind of works. <laughs> Uh, any other thoughts on uh, Tomb Raider? Uh, the, in the end, they show the title of the movie twice in the same way, and I was like, "Why would they do this?" I I thought about <laughs> that too because I mean? they I get it's like, all right, the movie's it's the ended. Same so... way, it's not even like, oh, well, here's a here's like a, a drawn version with the arrow going through, and then we'll show the one that everyone has seen in the trailers and in on the cover of the of the video game. It's the same way twice <laughs> in like the span of like ten minutes. It uh... may be confused. All right. <laughs> also, Kristen's got Thomas. You know, she's in the movie. She's in the movie. So is and, Derek and, Jacoby. Like they got <laughs> for no real reason. <laughs> well, Derek Jacoby had to read some wills or some yeah some he, wills. He's a bad lawyer because he didn't make her sign a piece of paper before he showed her what she was going to get when she signed that piece of paper. Yeah, she was supposed to sign it all the way through, and she didn't even begin one stroke. Exactly. He's a bad lawyer, so he should be fired. The, the contract element of this movie is baffling to me, but I, that leads into spoilers that I don't want to get into. So it's... We might do an out at night, but we're not sure. We do I don't, not need I don't, to do an out at night. I don't feel that strongly about this one. Um, Alright. When should people go and see Tomb Raider? Let's start with Scott. When should people see this movie? Matinee. Alright. Michael, how about you? Ditto on the matinee. It, this is a this is a Blu-ray rental. I would agree. I think it's a, yeah. There's not there's not much here. Um, I would say race how to see this. Um, but yeah, all right. Those are our thoughts on Tomb Raider. Let's move on now. Let's uh, get to some out now feedback. Feedback, feedback, feedback. These are where we go over some of the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, facebookcom podcast, where we asked a number of questions to you, the listener, and then you, the listener, gave us plenty of things to go into. A lot of feedback uh, this week. Yeah, a lot of feedback this week. In the, of, in the form of gifts too. Yeah, a lot of got a gift on it, which make it <laughs> awesome to transcribe into this segment. Right. <laughs> so, but no, I always appreciate the feedback, appreciate the activity. So let's do this. Let's get into it. First question we have here is: Who are your favorite video game characters? And Michael and Scott, feel free to lend in your answers when you feel like it as well. Um, Jason writes: Arkham series, Batman, Clank, Lego Batman. P.S. He is more like the animated series. Lara Croft, Sly Cooper, Star Killer from The Force Unleashed. Justin writes Mario, because it's a me. Philip <laughs> writes Banjo Kazooie. John has Wreck It Ralph. He knows he's cheating. Um, <laughs> Mike has Trevor from Grand Theft Auto V and the Vault Dweller of the Fallout series. And Jay writes Doctor N. Jin. Hmm. Favorite video game characters, guys? Uh, Master Chief. <laughs> really, Master Chief. <laughs> I'm going to give him their bomb back. <laughs> he's, he's seven feet tall, speaks in one-liners that are like super machismo, and has like a computer in his head. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott, you, you had this like a cool answer. Booger man, man. Oh, I'm just like, I'm, go, I'm going old school. Those are the how old, about, yeah, that's, that's like how, super. How about, how, how about Clay Fighter, Bad Mr. Frosty? Clay Fighter, that was a fun game. Those are, that's like SNES, SNES Genesis. SNES and Genesis, right there, yeah. yeah. Well, if we're going to go that far back, fine, sure, cool spot. <laughs> the 7-Up <seven laughs> spot? Yeah. <laughs> See, I wanted to say Snake and Mega Man, but you guys, you guys are going. Those are like... great, those are solid answers, they LOL, are. though. Yeah. <laughs> solid Snake. Earthworm Jim? Yeah. He, he's, that's oh. a fun game. 
And that it's was a, a hard game. That was, that's what it is. Earth that's Earth also like a, 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 a pretty cool cartoon, too. As I'm dating myself how old I am by saying these characters. Yeah, I would say Scott, Donkey Kong Country, too, then. Yeah, was... I was like, Scott, I don't know if you know this, but we're, we're following along, so we're just as old as you are. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. Uh, What's next? all right, well, the next question is, what video games are you still hoping to see as a movie? Friend of the show, Brandon Peters, writes, in, 20, in 2006, I secured the rights to do a script uh, adaptation of the NES game Deja Vu out of Late Night Curiosity, just emailing Kemko Seika about it. Hmm. They gave me a six-month window, but I never completed the script, lol. Uh, anyway, I'm not uh, on the up and up with gaming much, so my suggestions of Mega Man, Star Fox, and Zelda are probably tiresome and boring. I would hate to see a live-action Mega Man, because that... He's he's a boy that's a machine. He's a fighting his, robot, Mega yeah, Man. I, uh, so, um, is, isn't that Astro Boy? Pretty that much too. That too. Pretty yeah. much the yeah. the famous animated movie starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Chris writes, it's unlikely now, but Silent Hill by Guillermo del Toro. Damn it! Um, he put a series of gifts to emphasize how much he wants this to happen. Also. <laughs> Darren writes Uncharted even though I know it's just Indiana Jones I would want to see The Last of Us turn into a TV show over a movie just to get into the story's full potential uh, Jonas writes I can't peg any specific game IP but sensible minds out there must agree with me never give any projects to Uwe Boll <laughs> um, Richard writes why wasn't there a Zelda Link movie uh, ever made out there uh, that's what I want to see also Marble Madness uh, Mike writes GTA, Fallout, Elder Scrolls. Uh, although a boy and his dog movie is basically Fallout. Yeah, and the Mad Max mm-hmm. series. But yeah, keep going. Uh, from the show, Michael Lee, who's on the podcast, writes Kingdom Hearts. He, I think he actually put a, a GIF of Kingdom Hearts. I put a GIF of it. <laughs> uh, John uh, put Zelda, uh, Wind Waker. Uh, from the show, Jim Beats has uh, Bioshock, The Last of Us, Inside, To the Moon, Shadowrun, and Amnesia. Uh, Jason writes, I think Sly Cooper would make a great animated movie. Justin uh, has, good question, maybe Last of Us. Victoria writes, Bioshock Infinite would be nuts. And lastly, Dennis has Metal Gear. Well, th- keep thinking about this, guys, because we have a question that will get get us back to this topic about movies that or video games that we think should be movies. Um, so let's keep going. Uh, favorite cinematic explorer? Philip writes, Steve Zissou from The Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. That was a great answer. Yep. John writes uh, the couple from Up, with Ellie and um, what's Ed and, uh, uh, What's Ed Asner's name in Up? Yeah, I was like, I was like old guy. <laughs> uh, I forget his name, Mister Mister. Uh, oh man, it's gonna bother me now. Um, I'm, I'm I'm searching. I'm searching. Carl Fredrickson. Yes, Mister Fredrickson. Mister Fredrickson. There we go. Um, let's see. Uh, Justin writes Indiana Jones counts, right? And the name he writes Indiana Jones. So, <laughs> seemed like an obvious answer. So I was, I was kind of expecting more of those. But um, um, let's see. Next next question. Favorite film set mainly on an island? Actually, sorry. Do you guys have any favorite cinematic explorers? I like. I really like Nicolas Cage in National Treasure. I'm not gonna lie. You know, I actually liked the movie Sahara with uh, Steve Zahn and uh, Matthew McConaughey, as well as Penelope Cruz. That's a that's a fun movie. Like it got like a because I, I think it, it cost a bunch and it flopped, so it got a lot of like yeah. bad press for that reason. But it's I just, like, uh, yeah, I just don't know what his name was, but it was a fun movie. It's like Dirk something or so. It's like because it's a Clive Cussler character, right? So I'm trying to think of the. It's like one of his. 
This is turning into a Mr. Frederick question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyhow. Keep going. Anyway. Keep going? I thought there was any other cinematic explorers. <laughs> I was like, keep going with trying to figure out his name? Dirk Pitt is his name. I just found it. I knew it was Dirk, Dirk something. Pitt? Dirk Pitt, yeah. How did that flop? The cast <laughs> of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> All right, well, I'll get to the next question. Favorite film set mainly on an island. John has Castaway. George writes The Island of Dr. Moreau, the 1996 Val Kilmer Marlon Brando vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike adds that he agrees. Um, Kevin writes Battle Royale. Joe writes Lord of the Flies. Yancey, friend of the show, writes Island of Lost Souls and Castaway. Justin writes All Good Answers So Far, but Dr. No. Philip writes Letters from Iwo Jima. Tony writes The Wicker Man. And Jay writes Whiskey Lore. That's a wide variety of answers. That is, yeah. There's like some some uh, the the island of Doctor Moreau by George though. That one that one made me like I don't kind of as a head scratcher, but at the same time like you know okay. No, it's, you know, it's an awful it's an awful thing. That's what it is. <laughs> to each his own. <laughs> there was this weird scene in that movie that I still can never get out of my head. It's like when everything goes chaotic, and I was like, what the fuck? Oh, you is mean so when it starts and then it ends eventually? <laughs> When everything goes chaotic. Sure. I was going to say, uh, I don't have a uh, an answer for this because I haven't seen Isle of Dogs yet. Okay. Did you guys have any uh, favorite movies uh, set on an island? Castaway. I agree with that one. Okay. I, I also want to throw in Moana because the songs are great. I'm trying to think of other oh. movies that are set specifically on an island, and so I'll just shout out Joe versus the Volcano. There oh, you go. There you go. Yeah. Uh, anything for you, Michael? The other Tom uh, Hanks Island movie, by the way. Yeah. No, not actually, no. Okay. All right, keep going. Uh, next question. What are your favorite villains based... Uh, what are your favorite villains obsessed with finding treasure? Uh, Jason writes, uh, Belloc in Raiders of the Lost Ark. They don't Jim know you Hank. like they know if I do, Belloc. If only you spoke. I forget the name of the language. Um, I, li- I like when Indiana Jones runs away and then Belloc goes... And they all start running after him. That's, that's... It's also amazing <laughs> that he didn't get hit by any of those arrows. There's like a, there's like at least twenty of them. So Jim has Jaffa Duck. That's more their accuracy than his problem. <laughs> and then he goes onto a seaplane with a snake. We really know a lot about Indiana Jones. We can just do it from memory. Uh, Tyler has. That's ben... just my pet Reggie. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate snakes. Uh, Tyler has Benny from the Mummy, which is a pretty funny answer. That's a, that's a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a guy in brown face, by the way. Um, Phil has <laughs> Long John Silver. Jason has Smaug. And lastly, Justin has Belloc. So a lot of Belloc love. Must be the white suit. Belloc's a good villain. He's, a, he's better than Walton Goggins, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's very menacing with his uh, portable hanger. No, that's the other guy. Who am I thinking of? That that's, was the other guy, yeah. Yeah, that's the guy like the on all black that gets like his head melts. Oh, okay, yeah, the yeah. One that that burns, the, the, burns yeah, his yeah. Burns his hand okay. on the thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, that that guy's creepy. I'm glad his face. No, that guy's specifically creepy. He's supposed to be creepy, <laughs> even though he shouldn't be. He looks like just like a weird goon guy, but he's like, sweaty all the time. He's all sweaty. Yeah, that's what that's what does it. That's what the, I, I don't think being just, very just sweaty really makes it creepy. Just sweaty people. Anyhow. Do we have others? Villains obsessed with finding treasure? Mm. That's actually, speaking of Bogart, because uh... <laughs> speaking of Bogart, one of my favorite movies is The Treasure of Sierra Madre, and he's essentially kind of a villain in that film, so I'll go with that. Dobbs. Dobbs in a Sierra Madre. Okay. I like Barbosa from the Pirates movie. Yeah. See? Yeah. 
That's an MVP for me in that series in general. The Jeffrey Rush, he's just consistently great in those. And he's oh, in all those, and every, in and every one of them he's yeah. in. He's always a highlight for me. I think Jeffrey Rush just yeah. kills it all the time. Yeah, he really gets into his his characters. All right, last question here. Favorite adventure movie sidekicks? Uh, Luke writes Danny DeVito in *Romancing the Stone* and *Jewel of the Nile*. John writes *Short Round*. Actually, everyone, there's going to be a number of short rounds. There's a lot of love for short round. A lot round. of love for short round. People, people seem to, people talk bad about Temple of Doom, and then they have nothing but good things to say about short round. I don't know what to think about this because I think <laughs> Temple of Doom is great. So whatever. Um, Jim writes Chewbacca and short round. I wonder if Chewbacca takes offense to that, thinking I'm always the hero of my movies. But um... <laughs> I like how you like did it in a cadence that's equal to him growling. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm always the hero of my movies, like. That's not bad. I can't do Chewbacca, so I, I admire anyone that does a better attempt. Yeah, you have to gargle some water. Yeah. Uh, Mike writes Jake from Adventure Time. Uh, Philip had Short Round. Jay has Sala from the Indiana Jones films. And uh, Justin writes BB-8. Solid Ad- answers. Adventure There's movie sidekicks. There's a side lot kick. of really good sidekicks in movies. Well, anyway. I, I'd go with um, Kurt Russell in Big Trouble Little China because he is the sidekick to his best friend in that movie. That's true. To uh, to uh, what's his buddy's name? Now we're on a bad name week. <laughs> we're usually just, <laughs> we're on top of our yeah, stuff. I forget his name, but he anyway. Wang T. Um, is that is that what the character's name is? Yes. Okay. His name's Wang. His name, uh, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, I was gonna say Wang, but I was like, that seems offensive. It's not offensive. It's a name. <laughs> I know, I know, but I was like, if it was the first name that came to my mind, I was like, it's an Asian guy. I'm gonna call him Wang. I haven't but... watched Big Trouble in a while too, but yeah, Garrett Russell, he's Solid like, movie. it is, it's great, but he's he, Jack Burton is he's the sidekick to the to the to Wang in that movie. Like everything he yeah. does is like on the side as far as the story goes. It's really neat that way. Do you guys have any uh, favorite sidekicks? I was going to say Samwise and uh, from Lord one. of the Rings and uh, Russell from he Up. super supports uh, Frodo. Samwise and Russell, you said? Russell from Up? Yeah. yeah there you yeah. go. Ooh. How about how about Hit Girl from Kick-Ass? And how about Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off? There you go. Oh, Am yeah. is a great sidekick. That guy was sick. Um, and he's also going to hear from his father for ruining the Ferrari. <laughs> uh, now, now we move to questions that uh, the audience asked us. Jordan, uh, friend of the show, Jordan asks, what's one video game adaptation you would like to see? Similarly, but could be a different answer. What's one video game adaptation you would think would translate well to the big screen? Okay, so to start, so we didn't talk about this too much, but the nature of making video game movies to begin with. My issue with these movies and just the concept is that it's just so redundant to me where it's like, making you know threatening uncharted movies at me it's like the the whole point of uncharted was to make like a version where you can play indiana jones essentially and so it's like going back around to make a movie out of the game based off movies it's like why what is the point what is the point (laughs) this this is also my argument for the last of us which is the last of us is such a it's such a visceral it's not even a video game. It's kind of just more like you're walking and, t- and playing this story, well, it's and a it's a four-hour... It, the, the whole point of it is the interactive experience and involving you in making tough choices like yeah. that in Last and, of Us. And it's like right. making and, and a we, movie we, out of that removes that, you know, the most yeah. intriguing element, essentially. So right. it, just, it just... But we've also, we've also said that the best Last of Us movie is the game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, when I, when I think about this question, I'm like, well, I don't want to see video game movies particularly anyway that's why i don't i lock in with such low expectations because you know 50 tries in and we're not getting very far here guys yeah so and like, we didn't well, mention the animated ones too i'm, I'm sorry go ahead michael no the, a lot of these are already the video games are becoming like movies themselves because if you look at like um metal gear solid that's 
the dialogue in that movie is just like what like 20 minutes long already and then you go into the game and that's just difficult in itself yeah but yeah yeah exactly there's so much cinematic sequences within the video games where it's like what are we like we have the movie it's there it's yeah. in the it's in the game there's literally there's like youtube rips of like all the uncharted cutscenes that make like four five six hour movies at this point exactly it's yeah like, like... all the cutscenes in last of us is, is equals like three hours so now, it's a long if i long... If, if i had to provide an answer to this question I mean, that would mean, yes, I have unlimited budget and, like, whatever say as far as who gets cast and what's written and everything. So, like, I would have really liked to see Gore Verbinski's Bioshock. Like, that sounded interesting to me because Gore Verbinski's a good director I really admire. And also, he has that kind of weird vision to make something like that work. And obviously, it didn't come through because of how weird it would have been. It would have been this giant R-rated $200 million movie. I could see why you wouldn't want to make that movie. But at the same time, I'd have more faith than normal in something like that. Um he went on to do a cure for wellness, which felt like a lot of like sets from potential Bioshock movies. Yeah, which we talked about. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah so it's yeah. like he tried essentially to make the kind of like low key version of it, but um, it didn't go very far. If I had to, and like Metal Gear, like you just mentioned it, Michael. That like what's his name, Jordan Vogt Roberts, who did Console Island. He's making a Metal Gear movie right now. So let's we'll see how that goes. So not it's, looking forward to that. It's tough to do Metal Gear because it's convoluted story as it well. It is. That's it. Like the guy, he's a huge like. That's what I like about Kong. Among the things I like about Console Island, because you know, Abe, I'm a huge Console Island fan. I is it's, that it made your top ten. It didn't make my top. It was in my top twenty, but I've, oh. I've seen it the most of the movies last year. Okay. <laughs> but, Sorry, um, but that guy, he's a huge gamer and he has tons of references to video games in that movie it's like okay like there's a guy that really likes this but that hasn't stopped other filmmakers that also like the games from making terrible movies before so i don't know if i had to put one out there as far as a movie that i'd like to see given like unlimited whatever I, i'd be curious how a shadow of colossus movie would work if it was like really? done, if it was done in like a like an a24 style like it's very minimal and so you for the distribution studio like that the kind of movie that they would produce with that property i'd be very curious what that would look like because you could think of something like a monster calls obviously it's way different but you know what i'm saying as far as there's a kid like that and monster, a monster call guy he, he that that shadowy figure does look like a shit like one it of the looks colossus. like one of the shadows of colossus <laughs> monsters yeah <laughs> but like if you made a movie in that stuff where it's just like you know, not necessarily lo-fi, but you take you do as little as possible to like, overdo the budget and everything. You just kind of make this journey about one character fighting a bunch of random colossi in this random valley. There's potential there. I don't think it's ever going to happen in the way that I'd want to see all, it. First of all, I didn't know that the plural of Colossus was colossi. Colossi, so I... of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, what like, you call it? The the issue that I the the issue that I have is like they probably want to add a bunch of side characters and nonsense talk. It's like I don't need any of this. So like again and, and a, a failed love interest because uh you know well the purpose of the game is him to rescue his love interest who's in a coma the whole time so it's like it's nothing <laughs> Spoilers. to do that's, um, that's, that's the opening of the game i have a girl who's in a coma i put her down i gotta fight these colossi <laughs> scott do you have any answer to uh anything that would make a, a good video or something that you'd want to see versus or something that you think would make a good on-screen adaptation Honestly, I probably would not want to see anything turned from a video game into a movie, if I'm being 100% honest. But I think the easy that they can do, and I think they're making one, is a Call of Duty movie. Because essentially all it would be it's would a be war a war movie. Right, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. that should be easy enough to do. 
yeah, that's that's the term I constantly use in a lot of these. Like, Max Payne should have been the easy... It's like, a guy has two guns, and he's trying to avenge his death of his family. <laughs> that's that, that, There's nothing hard about that. How do you mess that up? Aaron, Mark Wahlberg had the answer to that question, apparently. There was super slow-mo in that movie that was really unprecedented at that time there there wasn't though that's there's there's <laughs> almost there's next to no action in a movie called max Payne. it's ridiculous yeah. <laughs> i'd also echo uh what scott was saying is it, some of the ones that are easier to make are just war movie games so while while there was like a lot of talk of like wally i'm sorry not wally this year peter jackson and and um uh i think it was like a Halo? Or the Halo movie. There's another person. That's where Neil Blomkamp came from. He was going to make yeah. the, the Halo movie, yeah. and that fell through. And then he made District 9, he which had, District a lot Nine, of, which is... had a lot of things that looked like Halo in it. Same with Elysium. And it's like, yeah, this guy probably could have done something. <laughs> he probably could have done something, yeah. And and now I don't know what he's doing. Um, well, he's, making, but... he's been making a lot of short films, and he's going to make a new film eventually. Yeah, I, like, well. I hope that he's, you know, that he's uh, just keeping super busy. But yeah, you know, movies where it's effectively a war movie those are probably the easiest and what i was gonna say earlier was we see a lot of movie adaptations uh live action that don't do well but also even some of the animated ones don't do well and i'm not talking about like pokemon or whatever the case where it already has an established fan base i'm talking like i don't know if you guys remember there was a full length ratchet and clank movie um i like, remember watching I remember. that it was, last, it was like last year or two years yeah, ago like, two like, years ago last, last year, year. yeah Two years ago, and I had fun. I had enough fun with Ratchet and Clank, but yeah, it didn't do anything at the box. I did, no yeah. one cared to see it. Exactly. So it's there like was I that Final Fantasy you, movie like, too. Spirits Within. Yeah, see, exactly. And that's one I have no connection to Final Fantasy whatsoever. I've never played a Final Fantasy game. So watching Spirits Within, I was like, oh, that's not bad. <laughs> that's how I felt too, because I've never, I've never played any of the games. They had like, um, Alec, they had Alec Baldwin voicing game. a character that looked like Ben Affleck. I was like, that's a weird choice, but okay. Like it was. <laughs> they had Steve Buscemi playing a very Steve Buscemi character ving rames was there like there was a lot of stuff going on so anyway that was a good question jordan thanks for that i know people like that advent children movie a lot yeah. that was like the superior version of it because it's like actually final fantasy right like it, yeah it is because the other one just seems like it had the title but nothing really that can made it a final fantasy movie yeah the advent children was based exactly. on number seven and yeah, yeah. it had oh, all that's those, like one of the favorite ones that's like yeah it's like the very popular one. Yeah. yeah so it's like yeah, i mean I mean, you say Call of Duty, that gets back to my redundant, but yes, it could be done, I'd assume, but it's like, the game, the Call of Duty games are all based off, like, Michael Bay action sequences in other movies, it's like, right? Or, like, or, the, or, of, course, also, or, or of course, they're, the D-Day scene in, in, in yeah. Saving Private Ryan, like, it's... Yeah, I was gonna say, they're also heavily multiplayer, and uh, I don't, I think that they finally said that there was the most recent Call of Duty that was like, oh, this is actually a really good, um... Uh, single-player uh, storyline. Well, the the so campaigns like, have always been praised for, they, in various ways, like depending on the game. But this is a different discussion. But, yeah, yeah, anyway. I, I see what you're saying, though, Scott. I mean, yes, I, I, you could... Ideally, it's not that hard to make a Call of Duty movie. <laughs> just, I, I'd be curious to see how it would be done. I guess he, there's like the Captain Price character is a big one. He'd probably I don't know who these people are. I know, but all right, regardless. Let's move on to the next question. Um, Alessandro asks, what movie would you like to see through VR? None. None. Is my answer to that question? <laughs> I, I already get a headache wearing those things. Uh, a document, yeah. like a nature doc. Sure. I was, I, I, yeah, I'd probably start out with nature doc. Um, and I wouldn't mind seeing, I guess, some animated movies through it. But again, it's kind of hard to do like immersive VR uh, with even like some recent like Moana. You know what I mean? So To make anyway. like a full narrative around, like I get the concept. I know what on a like short films have done this, right? 
like the short films that have used yeah and like they're are they horror films mostly yeah yeah Yeah, as i say like you know even with with traditional narrative storylines of oh thanks you're you're welcome um (laughs) i know that you said babe not abe (laughs) but uh it's kind of just don't think i haven't almost texted certain things to you and my my girlfriend at certain points have to go back and retype it because it came out wrong (laughs) i was like our names are totally different (laughs) uh but like what you guys are also probably going to allude to there's not a whole lot that you can do in terms of vr for any movie except for yeah like what you're saying the genre of horror where you have to watch your back literally so what are you gonna do when uh when you know uh mon has to go sail through the ocean you're gonna see 360 of ocean and then one one raft well it's like so are you on that raft though or i guess i guess well, there was, what was the um there was that short film that was up for an oscar to not this year but last year um it was it took place in a car it was an animated, an animated one. Um, it was a VR movie. Well, it, it was initially a VR movie, and then for the sh- for the submission, they 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 basically they they made it locked off so you could it only presented it in one way as opposed to being an interactive experience. But like, what I'm saying is, there's ways to do it. I guess it'd have to be very simplistic to a point, or you need a director that has the ambition. And when I say that, I probably think like Ang Lee or James Cameron. Those seem like the guys that would probably go for that first. Mm-hmm. Um, let alone, I mean, let alone Spielberg, who's halfway there of Ready Player One. Um, so it's Pearl. Pearl. That was thank you. Uh, was oh, okay. That, Pearl that, is the name that of the does movie. sound familiar. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's like I. It's not something I look forward to as far as like this is the new way that I'm going to watch movies. Like you said, Michael, it's like that seems like a lot to take in. <laughs> it's going to give me make me. I don't get sick during 3D movies, but sick, sitting in VR for like two hours, like that's that's a lot. That's, that's a lot of time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just I don't. I don't have, and I'll I'll stretch my mind and think of any current movies that I could like watch through that lens. But I nothing's coming to mind. I was like, man, this would be improved if I could look around the room. All right. So yeah. All right. That's enough feedback. 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 Thanks for all the feedback, guys. There's a lot of feedback. Thank you for that. That was great. Some good questions too. So yeah, a lot of lot of good stuff there. Um, now let's um what uh what 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 time is it, Abe? Aaron, I think it's competitive time. We're gonna play a game. Let her know. In fact, that's actually the the tune that plays when Alicia Vikander walks down into her father's uh, secret room when she raves her <laughs> when she raids her dead father's tomb. <laughs> Literally, I... <laughs> her first tomb raiding. <laughs> <laughs> but it was part of a puzzle, you know. So it's still not... tomb raiding. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm trying to make it less awkward. <laughs> It was awkward. I was watching. Like she's raiding her dead father's tomb. That's what I kept thinking every time she went in there. Now I'll never forget it. Anyway, I have a game for you guys this week. All right. It is called Gamer's Delight. <laughs> okay. How does it? How do we play it? So I'm I'm happy with this game. This should be fun. I'm going. So I've I have a number of video games here. They're all part of a franchise. What I'm going to do is list the the sequel titles or subtitles from those games. I'm just going to kind of list oh, them out. Sounds hard. And if you think you know Whoa. it, if you think you know it as I'm saying it, say your name and guess the answer. Okay, I'm going to so lose. 
Yeah, I, I like, guess Mega Man and Final Fantasy Thirty are out. <laughs> well, you'll see because they're like one, two, three, four, five. That'd be that'd be fun if I did that. But I try. I'm excited. I, I, I did this. So I I think I think some of these are pretty obvious. Yeah. So okay. Let's think, do this. So I think this should be fun. So if you think you know it, don't wait for me to finish. Just you know, say your name and okay. try to guess. So here's the first one. Two, three. <laughs> uh, Last Revelation. Chronicles. Angel of Darkness, Crap. Legend, Underworld, um, Rise of the. That's all I had. <laughs> this this is like crap. Like when you, no, when you mentioned like the third one, I was like, I should know this. I thought Angel of Darkness would give it away. Angel of. I think Rise of the should give it away also. Um, no, nothing. I don't know. Okay, so the answer was Tomb Raider. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> so that's there, was, there were that many games. There's more. I didn't list all of them. Oh. <laughs> um. All right. Here's the next one. This will be way easier. <laughs> okay. Sands of Time. With Warrior Michael. Within, Michael. Uh, Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia is the correct answer. <laughs> there you go. Michael's on the board. This one should be better. Here we go. Snap. Stadium. <laughs> red and blue. Pokemon. Ah! I'll accept like, it, but Scott, Pokemon. you got to make sure to say your name. Oh, Scott, yeah, Pokemon. I was like, I know this, but I don't know the, the freaking game title. <laughs> the next ones were red and blue, gold and silver, Go, X and Y, and Detective Pikachu, of course. <laughs> so... Which is becoming a movie with Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds. (laughs) Is that for real? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds, Detective Pikachu, (laughs) next year. Here we go, next one. Two, three, four. Mm. Deadly Alliance, Deception, Uh, Armageddon, Armageddon. X, Mythologies, colon, Sub-Zero. Abe. Abe? Mega Man. Nope, not Mega no! Man. Scott, Mortal Kombat. Scott is Mortal Kombat. Oh, yes. Sub Zero. Oh, Sub Zero. Like, like, the name of like the the other robots. I don't know. I know it's the name of one of the most famous characters in Mortal Kombat that got his own game. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Good job, Scott. You also had Special Bad Forces side. and Shaolin monks. <laughs> Shaolin monks. Here's the next one. Two, three. Of course. Nemesis. Code Veronica. Oh, uh, Abe. Oh, Abe. Oh. Resident Evil. Resident Evil is the correct answer. Raccoon City! Abe finally on the board. <laughs> Here's the next one. It was one. hard to find bullets in that game. Yep. Two. Brotherhood. Revelations. Three. Michael? Michael? Assassin's Creed? Assassin's Creed is the correct answer. There's All two right. of them before they make three? And then there's... Yeah, there is. <laughs> Good job naming that. There's a logic to why. I don't need to get into okay, it, but I get right. it. As I mean, and, spe- a logic. and speaking of which, Resident Evil is 2, 3, Nemesis, Code Veronica, 4, 5, 6, I, 7. <laughs> so, I mean, I like... yeah. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. Tides of Dark. These are my favorite titles, by the way. Tides <laughs> of Darkness, Lord of the Clans, Reign of Chaos, Hearthstone, Wrath oh. of the Lich King, Cataclysm. Uh, Abe. Abe. The Witcher? No. Oh. Those Michael? are all called, those are like two and three. Like, that's it from The Witcher. Uh, 
Wrath of the Lich King. My- Michael, Michael. Oh, Lesson. Michael. Yeah. Lord of the Rings. That's a video game suit. No, no, it's not Lord of the Rings. Uh, <laughs> Scott, Scott. Scott. Um, World of Warcraft. Warcraft is the correct answer. Yes. Oh wow! Good job. Oh wow! The last one was going to be World of if you didn't get Warcraft. So. Okay. The, the next were Cataclysm, Mists of Pandaria, and which is totally would have gotten on the Mists of Pandaria. The, one. That's the best one. Would have gotten. And Legion. All right. Here's the next one. Two Hot Pursuit. Abe. Abe. Need for Speed. Need for Speed is the correct answer. One of my favorite games is Hot Pursuit. Hot Pursuit, High Stakes, Underground. He's in Italian Shigera. Underground, <laughs> Underground 2, Most Wanted, Carbon, Shift, and Nitro. Starring uh, Jesse from uh, Breaking Bad. Yep. Not a good movie. Uh, next one. <laughs> Here we go. That's where I met at, uh, Aaron, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Here's the next one. Two, three, World... 64. Abe. Abe? Mario. Super Mario Bros. is the correct answer. Next was Sunshine, Galaxy, and Odyssey. Here's the next one. These are my second favorites, because I actually played these. Going Commando. Up Your Arsenal. Deadlocked. (laughs) Tools of Destruction. Scott. Scott? Worms? Incorrect. Michael. Michael? Ratchet and Clank? Ratchet and Clank is the correct oh. answer. Okay. Tools of Destruction, A Crack in Time, Into the Nexus. Those are the last ones. I like that. Here's the last one. I have no idea what the score is, by the way. I should really count that up to see if this matters. You <laughs> <laughs> missed the first one. That's Actually, let me, see. let me see. Let me see. I got the first one. Let's see. I think it's like a two-way tie. It might be. Let me see. Mm-hmm. It's a tie between you and Scott right now, actually. All right. No, Michael, Michael too. No, Michael too. No, it's a three-way I mean, tie right now. Oh, Hold on. This, this, is, right, so this is it. This is, this is the one. The this is the one. This is all the marbles. And oh, it's like crap. the worst one. That's no, the worst one. But here we go. Here, okay, here it is. Here Rio, Space, Star Abe. Wars. Abe? Angry Birds. Angry Birds is the correct answer. Abe, you <laughs> won this game. <laughs> we went there. Terrible movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got Star Wars, Star Wars 2, Go, Transformers, and Pop. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's a that's a terrible movie. Followed by Snap and Crackle. <laughs> yes. Abe, you somehow pulled out a win in this game, so there you go. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. This is a tough game. I think Scott and Michael had harder questions that they answered than I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the buzzer speed. So. Yeah. All right. Well, good job, guys. Good game. Let's uh, let's move on now. Let's get to uh, let's get to some, let's start wrapping this up here. Let's get to out now. Presidential out now. These are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray or DVD this week. Yeah, quite a few here. First up, Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. It's a better video game ad- uh, movie than uh, Tomb Raider. Than most video game movies. True. So. Sure. Yeah. I agree. I 100% agree. Um, let's see. Next is Pitch Perfect Three, which I heard is like a war crime, <laughs> based off the reviews yeah, I yeah. saw for it. It's, it's <laughs> horrible. Horrible. Oh. Or how, how I don't it was. know how we got there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, downsizing, where I'm one of the few that seem to have liked downsizing. Uh, uh, another one. <laughs> hey, did you watch uh, downsizing? I forget. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet. I, okay. I, I I was really put off by the second trailer. I don't I don't just acknowledge the flaws that it has, but I think it's more interesting than certain things. Um, okay. Let's see what else on Criterion this week: uh, The Passion of Joan of Arc, the 20s silent version, and okay. uh, and Ball. Interesting cinematography in that in that passion. No, oh, there is. Of no, it's, a, it's a great film. 
go to the Passion Show Park. Uh, let's see. On Shout Factory this week, The Burbs. Yes, the scariest movie I saw as a kid. <laughs> it's a great Tom Hanks movie. Well, a lot of Tom Hanks love this episode. <laughs> uh, let's see. A uh, new restoration for Ichi the Killer, which is not a movie I'm a fan of, mm. uh, but it's a Takeshi Miike film. Um, okay. One of his like cult favorites. A lot of people like that movie. Um, and lastly, on Twilight Time this week, The Seven Ups. Do any of you guys know this movie? Uh, is it the cool no. movie? It's not about Seven Up. No, it is a Roy Scheider car chase movie. Um, it Roy has Scheider? yeah, Roy Scheider's the stuff. This is like what it's like after French Connection. They gave him this like this was like his leading man vehicle. Yeah. Literally, because it's a car chase movie, and uh, uh, but it's uh, <laughs> um, it has a great car chase. It's like one of the movies that's known for like having one of the best car chases in it. Um, it's it's an okay like crime movie. Like I think he's a cop, um, but like it has one car chase in it, like in the middle of the movie that's like pretty terrific. So it's like oh okay. that's that's fun that that's now out. <laughs> yeah, I, that's why I wanted to mention it. Glad to hear it. Yeah, uh, that's what's out now. What's out now? Let's move on to extremely cool new things that are now coming on to streaming on Netflix and Prime. Uh, not too much new this week, but I noticed um, there's a new Jody Hill movie, Jody Hill of Eastbound and Down, and um, various other things of Danny McBride, called The Legacy <laughs> of Whitetail Deer Hunter. It's something I haven't like, heard of it. I haven't either. I haven't even seen a trailer. I, it, but... it was at South By, and no one talked about it, so I'm sure it's not good. <laughs> well, Jody, I mean, Jody Hill is like a weird like taste for a lot of people. Um, and this one has Danny McBride, of course, and uh, Josh Brolin. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what it is exactly, but I am a Jody Hill fan, so I'm curious what it's going to be like. Yeah, and Josh Brolin's been known to do some some pretty funny comedy. <laughs> yeah, you know, Hollow Man, of course. <laughs> well, I was also thinking of the movie with... I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> Stop you right there. <laughs> yeah, Inherent Vice is a better example. Yeah. <laughs> um, on Prime this week is a movie called Crooked House, which is based off an Agatha Christie novel. Um, it has Glenn Close. It has Glenn Close in it. Like, the closer? The, yeah, the, cl- <laughs> the closer. <laughs> yeah, uh, it has, it's like an ensemble cast. I don't know what this is exactly, but I I know it was like in theaters for like a week, and now it's on Prime. So there you go. Um, all right, so that's that. Uh, next week's show. Next week we'll be talking Pacific Rim Uprising. Ah, uh, snap. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know I'm a huge Pacific Rim fan. I, so. You love it. I didn't. So I, I'm looking forward to. Uh, this, I'm to not looking season. forward to it at all. I like these. I like that John Boyega. There's going to be daylight though in this movie. Finally, that's that's true. That's a great point. Uh, One of my problems of Pacific Rim. Like, I mean, why is compla- everybody fighting at night? Of the complaints I had, it wasn't that they were fighting at night. The visuals are amazing in that movie, regardless of the <laughs> night fighting. I can't even see anything. You, know? you can yeah. see everything. I, that, that's a, that's a that's a that's a nonsense response to me. <laughs> Uh, anyway, regardless, last thing we do here: what should people go and see now, and what do you plan to see next? Uh, Scott Menzo, what do people see in theaters right now? The same two movies I opened up this conversation with: Love Simon and Flower. What do you see next? What am I gonna see next? Uh, Isle of Dogs. All right. Oh, Michael Lee, what do people see in theaters um, right now? Yeah, I was gonna say either Benji, Black Panther, or Love Simon. And as for what I'm seeing next, I'm seeing Isle of Dog and uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. I haven't seen it, but I just want to shout out, you should go see Hurricane Heist. Because uh, <laughs> I'm probably going to go see that next, too. But uh, I will also be seeing Pacific Rim Uprising. I Now I will say Hurricane Heist, because yes, <laughs> it is entertaining and should be seen. Um, <laughs> and I'll also I'll continually mention uh, Thoroughbreds is still out, and it's oh, yes. quite good. Yeah. 
and The Death of Stalin, which we've gotten to it. It's in a whopping 32 theaters now, so um, people can still go see that, but I still think it's absolutely hilarious and should be seen. And yeah, Pacific Rim Uprising is the next film that I'll be seeing. So with all that, that's going to do it for this week's episode about Now with Aaron and Abe. You can find more of my work on my personal blog, thecodeofzeke.com. All my written review reviews are over there. You can also find me on We Live Entertainment, where I'm currently covering The Walking Dead in Atlanta, among other things. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Abe? You can find more fun stuff over on Instagram, Oakley Doakley, and on Twitter, twitter.com slash Moose. Hashtag rating those tombs? I don't know. I couldn't think of anything clever. Okay. Michael Lee, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, you can find more of my work either on that'sitla.com or geeksofdoom.com and my Twitter and Instagram hashtags are just Mike J. Lee, but all one word and backwards. So yeah. making it very simple. Very simple, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're really That's why I have a lot of followers. <laughs> Scott Menzel, where can people find more of your work? WeLiveEntertainment.com. You can also follow me on Twitter and also on Instagram at the other Scott M. <laughs> all right. Uh, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe over on iTunes as well as on Audio Boom. Listen to our old episodes over HHWLOD, SoundCloud, and Podomatic. Feel free to email us any thoughts you may have had on Tomb Raider or anything else we talked about today over at OutNowPodcast at gmail.com. Send us feedback, feedback, feedback over at Facebook.com slash Podcast. Uh, wait, Facebook.com slash, yeah, Facebook.com. Or you can tweet us at Twitter.com slash underscore podcast. And of course, send us plenty of gifts of adventurers doing their thing over at outnapodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, Michael, Scott, thank you both for joining us today. Thank you for having me. For sure. Uh, good to have you guys, of course. Congrats to Abe again for winning a game. It seems like it's been the first time in a while that he's won a game <laughs> been a while. on the podcast. <laughs> been a while. Um, we look forward to next week's episode because I'm looking forward to talking about Black Panther. Or, sorry, Black uh, Pacific, Pacific Rim. <laughs> I, saw, I was looking at the box office again. Black Panther was right there. Uh, Pacific Rim, of course, I'm looking forward to talking about. We might get Professor Mike D on that episode as well. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. And so, yeah, until next week when we get into all of that, that's going to be for this week's episode. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. taxing but i should still do this speaking of taxing got those done this week guys oh yeah <laughs> congratulations, congratulations? <laughs> yeah exactly this <laughs> we put some of the trailer for tomb raider for for whatever reason i almost thought that you forgot the title of it and i was like why did he why did he not say cradle of life but that's that's a different movie altogether <laughs> so i honestly was like wait he just left his hanging there all right well the trailer starts out with a creaking boat um, Anna then, just and, did the, the jump impression of her doing jumps in the movie. <laughs> I like it. A uh, door opens. Uh, file cabinet falls over. Oh no, there, there's a whole bunch of water. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then she's on an island. Walton Goggin shows up. What are you doing here, Laura? You shouldn't have come here, Laura. And then Ooh. river sequence. <laughs> and then and then uh, arrow through arrow through the title. There you go.